called Jesse, aka the Bizzle. Oh, the Bizzle. Thank you. <laughs> the Bizzle. Thank you, the Bizzle. Yeah. The Bizzle. All right, ladies and gentlemen of the Bizzlecast, welcome back to the Awkward Controllers video game podcast presented by the Bizzlecast. I got the dream team here tonight with Austin and Ethan talking about the video game awards, the game awards for 2019. It was an interesting year, some great games, some controversial stuff. We're going to go through a bunch of the main categories, talk about the games we liked and we didn't like, and by we, uh, Austin and Ethan as they welcome you in. I'm mostly going to be leaving it up to you guys because you know way more than me and you've played way more games than me. So first of all, let me welcome you in. Austin, welcome back to the Bizzlecast. Yo, what's up guys? It's good to be back. Um, hello. <laughs> Hashtag Halo forever. <laughs> hello, duh. Yeah, even I'm excited to play Halo. That's You guys got me hooked on Game Pass. I got the Xbox controller on a PC. You won. You guys won. You guys won. I got the Xbox controller on a PC. I'm playing Halo. Ethan, yep. you won. You guys won. big things over here at Microsoft. Bro. You, got, you got one. And a buddy of mine <laughs> who I didn't even know was a gamer was like, oh, I'm playing Halo 12 hours a day. You got to join my multiplayer team. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm in. Um, so Ethan, of course, welcome back, Mr. Senior contributor of the Awkward Controllers and the Bezelcast. Ethan. <laughs> Ethan's got a digital soundboard, which is very dangerous, but I'm gonna let it fly because I just don't give a fuck and I'm very curious to see where it goes. But I'm gonna honestly, go Ethan, back through all of the past awkward recall awkward yeah. controller podcasts yeah. and find just the dumbest shit that we've all said. And just yeah. put this on the soundboard. Make it a bomb compilation. Rip, exactly. I'm just going to rip each other all day. <laughs> so um, I, I do just quick note, and now we're going to start going through the categories, nominees for the Game Awards, which is, Ethan, when is the actual awards? When is the awards? It is... December 12th. The 12th? Yeah, it's the 12th. So in six days. So, so quick note, uh, Ethan and I did a podcast about a month ago that I never released because my mic fucked up, my computer got screwed up, and uh, it was just kind of a disaster. But Ethan, two things I do want to mention that will come up, we don't have to talk about now, is Outer Worlds, which we will talk about, and we didn't actually get enough time to talk about in that podcast. And we also made some predictions about what would get nominated and what would be sort of at the top of the list. Uh, and I did listen to the rough file <laughs> that, that was remaining, um, and, and so um, I'm curious. You were mostly right on uh, 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 about the predictions um, that'll come up as we go along in Outer Worlds for sure we will and I, I want to give that a special note w- when that comes along if that's okay because that's one of my most memorable games of the year I'm not sure what categories it's in um, uh, but Ethan as I throw it to you for the first category I think Outer Worlds is in at least one category yeah it's, it's in a few it's in a few but uh, why don't we uh, why don't we jump right into I don't know, uh, action-adventure game. Well, really quick, before we jump into action-adventure, uh, Ethan, let me throw it to you first. Overall, 1 to 10, how good of a gaming year was 2019? It was definitely up there. Now, it, I mean, uh, j- just for, just on a personal scale, just yes. to understand how we're measuring things, you know, I compare everything to 2016. Don't, people who don't understand 2016, Overwatch won game of the year. The toilet right? paper? The toilet paper year? When when a multiplayer game is winning game of the year, that means everything has gone to hell. Wasn't that Dragon Age? No, that was that was fourteen. That was twenty fourteen. Oh god, another bad year. Yeah. yeah. Uh huh. Fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, bad years. Uh, Overall, actually, oh, they, they oh, had good games in there, but 
another thing we talked about Ethan on that podcast, which which we can talk about here, is the sort of staggered year. Like twenty fourteen was shit, and then we got The Witcher in twenty fifteen, which was great, and then twenty sixteen was weird, as you just mentioned, and then twenty seventeen we had literally Horizon, Zelda, Neo, Near, like a, a thousand great games. Uh, Persona, Persona, uh, Xenoblade. Uh, I mean, I love Mass Effect and Drama, and that was totally forgotten and trashed. Like that's how good the year was. It was Ma- Mass Mass yeah. Effect was was forgotten and trashed uh, that year. It was an amazing year. And then 2018, last year, you know, God of War won Game of the Year. Um, maybe this will come up in a comparative statement. I have struggled on and off to finish that game for the last eight months, and it is tough. It is beautiful, and it is a wonderful story, but it's not a great game. Um, and uh, we talked about, Ethan, in previous podcasts that did get published about the confusion about Red Dead Redemption 2 when everything other than game of the year and so it'll be interesting to see if there's a comparative situation uh this year right yeah i definitely i mean like, it's gonna it, follow that it, away it's gonna be another close race this is gonna okay. be another close all right well way. ethan as senior contributor of uh, awkward controllers i will throw it this is like jeopardy i throw it to you to pick the first category my friend yeah so let's uh let's jump right into action adventure game action adventure oh. boom <laughs> All right, we're gonna hit, so, we're, we're start strong. Start strong. Well, just just to give the listeners, so we're gonna go back and forth between Austin and Ethan, and you guys will you guys will pick the category, and you guys will read the games. Uh, you will give your initial thoughts, then we'll throw it to the other person. So Ethan will throw it to Austin. I'll give my you know a few thoughts if I have any experience or whatever to say about it, and then um, I don't know, guys. What do you think? We should make a pick. Um, Maybe we here's what we should do. We should make a pick of what we think is going to win, and then a pick of what like we we would pick or, or would want to win. Does that yeah. make sense? I'm all. I'm also personally casting my votes as we're recording this live. Oh, okay, so. cool. All right, action adventure. Ethan, introduce the category. Go ahead. Absolutely. So for action adventure game, Woo! it is looking for the best action adventure game combining combat with traversal and puzzle solving. The contest, the the nominees, Borderlands Three, mm. Control, Death Stranding, mm. Resident Evil Two, mm. The Legend of Zelda: Link's Awakening, mm. yeah. mm. and Sekiro: Shadows Die Twice. Yeah. The only game that I did not play that I thought would get a lot of nominations was Sekiro, based just on streamers that I watched. So I'm not shocked that it's there. But again, no personal experience. So Ethan, what do you make of the category nominations? Which ones belong here? Which ones do not? And what is your pick? So without a doubt, without a doubt, every game deserves to be here that has been nominated. Every, every single one of these games, Control. as far as a AAA let me finish. As far as far as a AAA development level, AAA. you know, and as a complete package, uh, and as far as design standpoint, blue to blood, industry talk, the all that, all the fun just yes, every single game deserves to be here. Um, personally, uh, as you're going to hear me say several times throughout tonight on, on the podcast here, uh, Control is not going to win anything. Period. If it does, agree. I'm going to my left testicle. <laughs> let's do let's do A B C. A being d- for sure belongs in the category. B being borderline. Oh, like a tier list. C being like why is this on the list? So uh, start with control. 
Oh, uh, t- for me, they're all A's. They, they, oh, every one of these games okay. deserves to be here. It's okay. just Control's not going to win in comparison. Okay. If this was 2015, Control would win. I, I, the not. only reason I interrupted you was I, I thought based on our brief online conversation that we were both confused about Control. But you're yeah, saying, I yeah. It, it, I, from from a from a design standpoint and from a like a game standpoint, it deserves to be here as far as what the quality of game that it is. It it is a quality game, just not a lot of people didn't like it, which is why I feel like it's not going to win. Can I ask you a question, you know, real quick? Especially in comparison, yeah. yeah go ahead. Of all of these games, though I've not played any of them, I've seen or know about all of these franchises and/or games. Control, I literally know nothing about. So, in a couple of sentences, explain what Control is and why it's on the list, in your opinion. Okay, so it it I don't know a ton about it, but when I was watching the reviews for it. It, I, it, I, 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 it was it was a bunch of mixed reception when I when when I was watching slash listening to reviews for it. Um, what I remember about it was it's kind of like a it's a third person uh, action uh, exploration game, kind of where you're going through like this government facility where like all this twisted stuff's going on, hmm. uh, and you have like these freaky mind control powers where you can basically force Jedi objects everywhere. Hmm. Um, it's the Federal Bureau of Control. It's like a secret U.S. A- like government agency, and like they're trying to figure out like why this anomaly is happening and stuff like that. And so like you're in the middle of like think of like mutant like being captured like an X Men. Mm-hmm. Just think of it something like that. There's like a world shock and stuff like you know. Really, really quick, the developer Remedy Entertainment, publisher Five Hundred Five Games. I've literally heard of neither of them, nor the director, producer, and designer. I'm not saying this is an indie game because I don't know, but this seems a little offbeat of a game, which doesn't mean it's not deserving. No, they're, they're, and and their last work came out with similar reception. You know, many and and here's the thing: in a few years, when it's worth twenty dollars on Steam, you know, everyone's gonna pick up this game and love it. But is this like System Shock? If you guys have played System Shock or know about System Shock, like it's a, it's, a sim- it's it's a similar scenario, yeah, is what I, I can say. I'd say it's similar. Yeah. By the way, I tried Bioshock Infinite for about fifteen minutes and was like, "This game is shit." What? You don't like it? <laughs> it looked amazing, and I loved the just like murdering of all the religious fanatics. But then there was the whole like jumping between. There's like a Tomb Raider aspect early on, where you're trying to figure out how to jump between all of the like you know uh, zip lines and stuff. I was like, this is so janky. This is not what I want from a Bioshock game. But it looked good, and I like the whole you know creepy uh, in the sky uh, re- religious side of things. Um, anyways, go ahead. <laughs> yeah uh basically basically uh for me uh for this category you know there's only in my mind three three of these games that will win it yeah. right um it'll either be death stranding mm-hmm. resident evil 2 or Sekiro. the other three either are not popular enough did not get enough praise or are a remake now that's not the discount remakes because Last of Us won, so there's nothing saying a remake can't win. But to me, you know, Resident Evil Two is a total re- is, is a total redesign of the original game, not so much a remaster. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, and therefore I feel like it, it's in contention to win. Yep. Yeah. Uh, especially in this category where you know there there's it's it's less Resident Evil's always been less about its combat and more about 
survival or puzzle solving and survivability and it's in the traversal of the area precisely um so eth um i believe death stranding and sekiro are going to come up at least once more again yes okay so here's my question talk to me about resident evil 2 because they've been remaking the resident evil games i know people are pumped and have been mostly happy i want to hear resident evil 2 and another thing uh that did get published our our last published podcast was about borderlands 3 and you talked about what you liked about it but why you thought it was not going to have like a long tail with you and sort of other people so you can take that in either order why resident evil 2 and also why isn't borderlands 3 at the top of this category where maybe we thought six eight months ago it would be you can go either uh, or both. Yeah. Um, Austin, didn't you play Resident Evil 2? Yeah, I played a little bit of it. Yeah, so I watched, I'm actually, I watched I'm actually, I can I'm talk gonna, about I'm it gonna, if I'm you gonna want. To, I'm going to toss that one to Austin because he's got a little more yeah, I can talk uh, about it. on that one. Uh, but as far as Borderlands 3 is concerned, um, between the uh, between the outside controversy to just launch the game mm-hmm. uh, and uh, the fact that you know a, a general size of the crowd was not impressed with its development uh, mm-hmm. And on top of uh, it, the the story feeling like a regression from Borderlands Two, uh, no generally purchase. hashtag no while, purchase. While, while Ashley Birch is there, um, not writing. No, but she, no, but she wasn't writing in the first one. Um, anyway, Anthony was, but yeah, it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Um, hashtag Bizzles in the bag for the Birches. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, which is why we're skipping the voice acting category um so anyway uh with borderlands 3 to to me it is not going to it did not get anywhere near the praise that these that some of the other games on the list are going to get and Mm -hmm. generally speaking borderlands 3 is less about you know it, it definitely it definitely feels that niche combat category of this category but it doesn't i don't feel like it feels the other uh uh strengths of why uh games are being nominated for this you know traversal and puzzle solving that's not really borderlands forte borderlands forte is just about the combat and getting a ton of guns um so, so. let me um because we've talked about borderlands on and off mic a bunch and then uh austin will throw it to you for resident evil uh, although what ties together what i'm about to say to introduce which is the reason in my opinion god of war won last year and i'm not saying it should have is because narrative first third not just necessarily third person but single player great narrative games tend to rise to the top even though horizon didn't win it was in there zelda also obviously third person single player great narrative world building dragon age is the same if you take out overwatch you throw in witcher you know how i feel about witcher i played it twice 300 hours but without the great story you know it's not the witcher 3 god of war without the great story and the relationship between the father and son is really really not in and it looks beautiful is not an amazing game um and so Ethan, i want to throw to you with borderlands 3 which is your feeling was beforehand you were really pumped <clears throat> when it came out you really enjoyed it and then you were like i only have time for one looter shooter and i'm a destiny guy right um and so my question is if the borderlands 3 story narrative you know world building stuff had been much better w- would that have changed your uh, opinion of it and do you think that's going to affect uh the assessment of it no you're asking you're asking an mmo junkie if you would switch games just because this other addiction scratched the other itch a little bit more no nah, I'm, I'm, I'm sticking with my mmo game 
Uh, now, listen, that that's just the... That's the, what I'm saying. The, that's no, that's very, what I'm saying. That, that, yeah. that, that's, a, that, that, that's a very personal take, and I feel like, you know, how, how I feel about it, it right. in this scenario, has little to do with others. Uh, but right, right, I'm, day, I'm asking you to step out of the Destiny 2 addiction, you know, uh, it's not an addiction, way of life. Step out of the Destiny 2 way of life and saying, if Borderlands 3 was Borderlands 2 in terms of all the other great things other than being a looter shooter, would it have risen higher? Um Again, pulling yourself out of the Destiny category. I, I'm talking about the voters at this point. I think changing the narrative. Uh, let's let's put it this way: if you take everything that is that is an improvement over Borderlands Two from Borderlands Three, and you put it into Borderlands Two, mm-hmm. I think I think that would win Game of the Year. Period. Yeah, it just it just would. Mm-hmm. It just would. But unfortunately, that's not that's not the scenario. Uh and no, I don't think it would change. It would it would get me to switch sides, because okay. while 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 Borderlands Three has a lot more live service elements, it is not a live service game. Uh, Destiny uh, Destiny very very much is. Um, you know, it, it, Borderlands is by no need of, uh, by no means an MMO at all, even not even yep. close. And an ongoing discussion topic um, yep. <laughs> that we've had on this podcast again on and off mic is this sort of weird thing where you have games that are clearly live service games like destiny and division two, but then you have like the other Ubisoft games, which are trying to have their cake and eat it too, being semi live service, semi single player, semi multiplayer, whatever, blah, 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 blah games that have, you know, semi live service aspects or loot boxes or, you know, microtransactions, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I'm not saying that's the case with borderlands three. We did have a conversation, Ethan, where you, you said it wasn't a criticism, but you were a little. Um, you thought Borderlands Three was maybe a little bit more li- live servicey than maybe you thought it would be. I don't want to put words. No, in no, 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 no. So, just to put it simply, and we do got to move on, so Austin yeah. can start talking about Resident Evil. Just to put it quickly and put this to rest. Yeah. Um, bluntly, you know, I actually feel like Gearbox is doing right by the game. Don't, don't get me wrong; I feel like they're doing the right thing. Um, there are some things I'm sure the the Borderlands community would speak more uh, passionately on uh, on this matter. Uh, but put simply, you know, I, I think by continuing, like, Gearbox continuing to support the game and continuing to give the fans of the game who want to keep playing and keep grinding for their builds and blah, 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 etc. You know, by giving them more loot to chase, by giving them more to experience and consistently doing that over the next few years, you know, that that's actually a service okay. uh, for free that is not asking, you know, anything of the community whereas other games would be like here's microtransactions spend money so so on the positive side to to close this up it's not as you know live servicey and loot boxy as it could have been it's maybe not as revolutionary as borderlands 2 but given who runs the company but the fact that they have lots of talented people in the company it seems like a good, a, a very good, not great effort. Like it's not a bad effort, but it just doesn't do anything to to rise above the pack. If, if I'm summing things up, yeah. It, it, listen, As a winner it, of this category, yeah. Borderlands Three is a great, great game. Just like Control, it's not going to win anything this year. Okay, all right. Um, let me throw it to Austin. Austin. All right. So okay. My well, on- no, really quick. Let me set it up. So horror, the horror genre. So. Like with movies, right? P- 
people who are hardcore movie buffs and love great films, quote unquote, uh, just like people who love great video games, people, uh, hardcore gamers and hardcore film aficionados have a soft spot for horror, the horror genre. Now, my understanding about Resident Evil, Austin, you can correct me if I'm wrong, is that the first Resident Evil was incredibly revolutionary. The next big step was in the original cycle was Resident Evil 4, where it became more of an action shooter game as opposed to sort of a survival game. And then people were unhappy. And then Resident Evil 7 was considered a rebirth of the series. Am I right about that in general? Uh, Resident Evil 4, people weren't unhappy. They were. No, I didn't say unhappy. I, I said we're. Ha- I said they liked that it was uh, different. It was more of a you know uh, yeah a shooter, and there was dialogue, and it was campy, but it was funny, and the characters were cool. But you were just shooting things, less of a survival thing. You got guns, and you were shooting things, right? You weren't just yeah. kind of doing survival <laughs> stuff. And then people weren't thrilled with five and six, but then seven was seen as kind of a rebirth of the series. I don't know anything about the uh, um, going back to the older games. I just know that one, four, and seven in the video. I've seen tend to rise above the pack in the original cycle. Go ahead. Nah, the the best games are two, three, then it goes to Resident Evil Seven. Okay, um, that shows how little I know. <laughs> so, the remake. Um, this was supposed to be like their reimagining of like if they did the game today, like sort of modernize everything. They they were able to do a good job of like keeping everything familiar while you know giving a new formula to it um the whole survival horror aspect is like um than the old one because it's like less linear and scripted uh this one is just like they give you a lots of free reign so think of like metro games how they're like a small sandbox area and you travel to the next one and then um you know there's always like different factors that you have to take care of in a resident evil game and they could, they did a really good job being able to port stuff from the old games and bring it to the new life and then like breathe fresh air into it also like um i can't speak about resident evil 2 enough because like the game is just if you are a resident evil fan it's like a little love letter to you because they they brought everything from you know all the good characters beloved characters like references to the old games there there was a lot of love put into it clearly and that's why you know it took a little bit but you know they're coming out with resident evil 3 so if this one doesn't win any awards i assume resident evil 3 remake next year or whenever it comes out will win it but resident evil 2 is my pick for best action adventure game this year and if not sekiro wins it (laughs) Does Resident Evil, in your opinion, excel in, in narrative and storytelling? And whether that's the case or not, the part B of this question is, within the standards set by Resident Evil games, is a Resident Evil 2 storytelling, world building, etc., average, above average, below average, compared to the other games in terms of storytelling? So, Resident Evil 2 has is like notorious for being, you know, everyone's like first PlayStation One game, and like um, so some sometimes people like to say that Resident Evil 2 was the best, like the PlayStation One version. Like they said that was their favorite game, and uh, this is f- sort of like the Final Fantasy VII treatment. The beloved game got so many like people backing a remake 
that they made it come to life and you know we got final fantasy coming out next year but resident evil 2 is on that scope of this is one of the greatest games of that generation let's bring it to the new audience and stuff like that now resident evil 2 storytelling is some of the best stories one of the um like main characters of multiple games leon s kennedy he's the main character in resident evil 4 um which you know everyone knows him notoriously for doing like crazy movie stunts you go back to resident evil 2 it's like hey leon's a rookie cop it's his first day and there's like a fucking zombie outbreak he's yeah, just that was sort bitch. of what i was getting to with resident evil 4 yeah because yeah. i've seen a lot of gameplay footage of 4 because it shows up on a lot of various lists you know and not mm-hmm. like best game lists but like games that change the equation let's put it this way resident evil 4 is credited with changing a part of the horror genre into the action category and, and, mm-hmm. and not the, just the survival category, whether it's amazing or not. And that's sort of what I'm trying to understand about Resident Evil 2. Yeah, Resident Evil 2 has... Because um, I played Resident Evil 4. I had it on my PS2 or PS3. You, you have a gun right from the beginning and you're shooting zombies, which mm-hmm. isn't what I was expecting necessarily. Yeah. Because, you know, the old formula was just like, hey, you're helpless, there's a shit ton of zombies everywhere. But this one is just like, you can hold your own and just basically do what you want. It's an action movie, so. Mm. Um, Okay, final question, and then we're going to do picks, and then we're going to move on. Austin, which is, in my theory, the reason Last of Us Remastered got a claim was because The Last of Us... And this is my theory about Last of Us 2. Ethan thinks it's a big mistake to push Last of Us 2 to the new system. And it doesn't seem like they're doing it. But I think part of the reason was the the janky combat and kind of jankiness movement of of, of Last of Us really was meant for the next system. And obviously the combat and movement gets so much better in the remastered. And because it was a transcendent and remains a, in my opinion, in many people's opinion, whatever you think, in many people's opinion, like Life is Strange, it remains a transcendent storytelling experience between two main characters, regardless of the sort of action in the game. And so my question to you is, is it deserving for Resident Evil 2 to appear here so many years after the original Resident Evil 2? Is there enough new stuff or, or revisitation or reimagining to just even be on this list, let alone be a top contender? I can answer that, and I haven't even played the game. <laughs> well, you guys can find it out. Go for yeah. it. Yeah, this this game right here uh, lives up to everything about the old game, and um, I, I sincerely think that like with the time and effort that they put into it, and like the ability to you know provide such like there's so much extra content in it and replayability. Like there wasn't much replayability with the old games because there's just like hey, you can change difficulty or play a different uh, character first. Um, and it, it changed up the story a little bit, but you can see that there's like actual like story driven elements that change when you play the game differently. There was a lot of thought put into it and like, you know, some of the writing and screenplay is just like really good because it didn't do any justice on the PlayStation one with the story, like how impactful it was. Oh and this my one, God, PS1. This is, wow. <laughs> this one is exactly what they needed. Like this one hit it right on the nail. 
by the way, PlayStation One remastered, whatever the fuck they called it, that didn't go so well. <laughs> yeah, it's finally worth what it's worth. It's twenty bucks. Twenty bucks. <laughs> yeah, it's, to- it's totally worth it now. It's amazing that they thought that the Nintendo and Super Nintendo meant that everyone wanted old systems. It's like, oh, let me get a Sega Genesis oh, yeah. remaster, and it's like, mm, well, not so much. It wasn't even that. They sold it for another $25 on top of which they had games that no one wanted to play except mm-hmm. for Metal Gear Solid. Mm-hmm. And okay. Final Fantasy VII. All right. Well, we are, going to, we are going to talk about Sekiro and Death Stranding again. So really quickly, Austin, and then I'll go to Ethan. Austin, your pick for of this uh, group um, uh, 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 of games uh, uh, to be the winner. Um if it's different between what you want and what you think it's going to be, you can say that is fine. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but let's not spend too much time on it, especially if it's Sekiro or Dust Stranding, which we're going to get to later. Go ahead, Austin. I want Resident Evil 2 to win, but I would okay. be happy if Sekiro won. Okay. Ethan? Uh, my vote's for Sekiro. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I, I honestly believe that it will come down to Resident Evil or Death Stranding. Mm-hmm. Uh, by the way, a little uh, tidbit st- uh, story, which shows how little I know for the Bizzlecast audience that you know, which is I got a gift card for like three months of PlayStation Plus, which is great because I had a bunch of PlayStation Plus games I can't play anymore, and now I can download them, uh, like Ratchet and Clank and so forth, which I love those games, you know, it's, it, Modern Warfare, etc. Um, and I'm like, oh, Neo. I've heard this game Neo is awesome. Oh, this is a perfect time to subscribe. <laughs> and then I start watching videos and reading about it. I talk to Ethan. And Ethan's like, uh, dude, you realize this game's harder than Dark Souls? I'm like, God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, should I even bother? You know, should I even bother at this point? You know, like Sekiro seeming easy compared to Neo. Like, motherfucker. So we'll, we'll get we'll get back to Sekiro. So, what, sorry, Ethan, what was your what was your your pick? I picked Sekiro. Oh, you picked Sekiro both as what Sekiro. you think and will win. What I personally want to win is Sekiro. Okay. I think it will honestly come down between Resident Evil and Death Stranding. Okay, um, Austin, we are throwing to you for the next category. Go ahead. I love this Jeopardy board thing on the website. It's very all fun. right. Yeah, uh, this is a controversial one. Oh, best RPG. Oh, uh, you know the Bizzle loves this. So we got Disco Elysium, Final Fantasy fourteen, Kingdom Hearts three, Monster Hunter World, Iceborne, and That's the Outer category. Worlds. I can actually talk on this category, but I'm going to let you guys go first. Austin, talk about these uh, these nominees. All right, so I don't have much knowledge on the RPGs of this year. Um, the only one that I am actually playing sort of is kingdom hearts 3 no never never been sarcastic no of course i know that (laughs) uh i have yet to play the outer worlds um anime plus corny old school disney just put a shotgun in my mouth and pull the trigger (laughs) you forgot the final fantasy part oh yeah which uh no we will get to final fantasy 14 i have a defense there's final fantasy in kingdom hearts oh no no i know kingdom hearts i understand but People a lot of the characters I don't convoluted like. Convoluted storylines. <laughs> Mickey Mouse plus the shittier Final Fantasy characters. And not my favorite. Yeah, it's all the good girl. ones. Okay. It's all the good ones, bro. Except for Cloud. You know, Cloud's um, in it. Okay. Oh, can, you, know, you know what? This is one category I can talk about. Do you guys mind if I talk about this one? 
Yeah, you're talking about Disco Elysium and Outerworlds. Go ahead. Well, Disco Elysium and Outerworlds came out around the same time, and there was a big split between people who liked one or the other. Kirk Hamilton from Jason Trier's podcast specifically wrote an article saying Disco Elysium has made me forget about the Outerworlds completely. Uh, and many of us really liked the Outer Worlds. My pick, just for most memorable game of the year, was Outer Worlds. Ethan, we talked about how Outer Worlds was like Ganon and, and Breath of the Wild, where you could end the game in twenty minutes if you wanted yep. to. And I actually chose to do the path in the end that was the twenty-minute path, but I had already put twenty-five hours in, and I wanted to be evil and see what the evil ending was, and I was. Let's put it this way. I just finished Shadow of the Tomb Raider. I'm playing DLC, but I basically finished Shadow of the Tomb Raider. I thought it was great, but 25 hours was a perfect amount of time. Outer Worlds, 25 hours. For me, I didn't want to explore all the planets, and so I just was like, okay, I've killed enough people. I've made a lot of bad decisions. I want to see what happens being evil and put everyone in cryo-freeze or whatever and see what happens and sell out the guy that's trying to help me. I knew that was happening, and I did it, but I loved Outer Worlds. You know, I never got around to, to, to New Vegas. I still want to. I have it on my PC. I need you guys to help me with mods for that game because it looks absolute shite um, vanilla. Um, but I, I, you know I do love the Fallout humor when it's done well, like John Gonzalez did with, with New Vegas. And for me, Outer Worlds is more appealing because... It wasn't straight apocalypse, you know? I mean, there were poor people and people acting badly, but there were also good people. I mean, the fact that your first buddy is Ashley Birch's character, who's, uh, Ethan, we agreed, is straight up Kaylee from Firefly, right? I mean, yeah. she, she's, she's the character of Kaylee, speaking like Malcolm Reynolds and Kaylee do, in fi- you know, in Firefly. They're clearly ripping Firefly, the, the cowboy western, uh, sci-fi western thing, which I love. And, you know, I, uh, Ashley Birch and the makers of Outer Worlds, of all people, know that they're ripping from Firefly, which makes me happy and made me enjoy it. And I loved all the other side characters. And I know I could have had up to six other characters and blah, 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 blah. And I'm, I'll probably go back at some point and explore some more. But I didn't find the combat that interesting enough. But I thought the world was colorful. And of course, I loved Ethan, as, as we talked about, the fact that you can just shoot anyone at any point, including your teammates and anyone you interact with, and change the course of things. And let's be honest, from Koto or two to Pillars of Eternity, Obsidian knows how to do this and makes it interesting. And as I've said, I don't care about a thousand different endings. I want every choice I make during the game to matter in that point in the game. And the Obsidian games definitely do that from what I've experienced because I've played both Pillars of Eternity, i played KOTOR 2, i played Outer Worlds. I love this game. It's very memorable. I think about it. I'm definitely going to go back to it like Jedi Fallen Order, which we'll get back to later. Um, uh, but this was obviously way more interesting and way more open and way more to do. I don't know if that makes it the best. Kingdom Hearts, I just find offensive. It's like, King, King, uh, Kingdom Hearts is like, Yikes. you know how they say, like, don't mix beer and liquor? You know, you just get sick. Um, that's sort of how I feel about Kingdom Hearts. I also find Mickey Mouse, even though I'm a Disney defender, mostly because I think the companies run well and I like Star Wars, generally I'm not a big fan of old school Disney. Uh, And so the mix of, you know, weird portrayals of Final Fantasy that I'm not even that familiar with, with old school Disney characters that are weird, annoying, and creepy like Donald Duck and Mickey Mouse, I find disconcerting and unappealing. So I'm going to, even though I love, Austin, you know I love Squeenix, man. I love Squeenix. 
Enix. I love Square Enix. I love the Final Fantasy games. I love all you know. I love Chrono Trigger. I love the the Tomb Raider games. I love Square Enix, and so I'm giving Kingdom Hearts three a pass. I just don't see it as a game of the year contender. Disco Elysium. I'm going completely by word of mouth, but I know people love that game. I'll leave it to you guys to talk about this. But Final Fantasy fourteen. Ethan, who is my absolute favorite uh, streamer? Uh, whatever her name, Alana. Dodger. Alana Pierce, huh? Dodger. Dodger. Yeah, Dodger's well, my favorite. No, Alana Pierce is interesting and hot, but Dodger's the best. Um, and everyone wants to be, you know, that's why everyone wants to stream with Dodger. The Completionist and Jesse Cox, they all want to stream with Dodger because she can literally sit at home with her babe, feeding her baby and playing Minesweeper and have like five to 10,000 people watching her feed at any point. And she, her, 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 let's put it this way. Her playthroughs of the first two Life is Strange games with Jesse Cox was part of what got me back into gaming, but specifically Life is Strange with those two. She's been playing Final Fantasy 14 for years with her cousin who's not a streamer but is just a friend of hers who loves Final uh, Final Fantasy 14 and they were playing it and I know that there's been lots of updates to that game in, in recent times and it's gotten sort of a renewal and so I haven't played it. I have seen Dodger and her cousin play it. It looks cool and I like the idea of, of what it's about and so I'm willing to give a look to Final Fantasy 14 especially if there's been sort of a renewal and I inherently trust Dodger because she likes things like the Matrix sequels and the Warcraft movie which I also like like we have the same taste in shitty shit um, and so I, I generally like what Dodger likes and so I'm going to give Dodger the benefit of the doubt on this and then Monster Hunter you know I, I, I've never been a huge fan of Monster Hunter uh, I've been wanting to get it it's been super cheap on the PC and the Playstation I've been thinking about it I'm not sure why a DLC for Monster Hunter is here so maybe you guys can explain so my pick obviously is the outer worlds because that's the one i've played but i'm genuinely impressed with the writing and conception of the outer worlds and these i i've played final fantasy games i've played kingdom hearts games and i played monster hunter games yes on my you know 3ds but i have played monster hunter games so other than disco elysium i am familiar with these games i would for sure and again based on obsidian and my experience with outer worlds pick outer worlds let me throw it to i think it's austin's turn go all right so first off i want to say when you address mickey you say king mickey because the ma- the house always the mouse always mouse wins. always wins um yeah but, i always think that is disrespect but i'm starting to realize that it's respect so i'm backing off cut out like, there. you cut out hello hello hello, hello. hey you good oh yeah no, I was saying, you guys always say the mouse always wins. Uh, for a while, I thought it was disrespect, but now I'm realizing it's respect. So. It's both. It's well, both. Well, I just want to clarify my position, which is I defend Disney because they're a well-run company, and Sony, Paramount, Universal, Fox, and all, you know, all, I mean, Disney has Fox now, but you know, all the film, other film studios suck. And Disney's making all the money and getting all the good reviews. So my feeling is, I don't care about the Disney movies. I ne- was never going to see the Aladdin remake. I was never going to see the Lion King remake. I don't care. I don't even like most of the Marvel movies. But if you other studios want to do better, or you people who hate Disney, hate Disney, then tell your other studios, WB, oh my God, Warner Brothers, 
tell them to do better. Disney is just the best-run company. I love Star Wars, but Lucasfilm has their own charter, and they're allowed to do basically whatever the fuck they want, and there's a reason they launched Disney Plus with Star Wars, and now it's the most-watched show since Stranger Things four years ago. Um, uh, Too bad Star Wars is dead, guys, right? Everyone hates Star Wars, and Star Wars is dead, but oh, Baby Yoda, and everyone loves The Mandalorian. Um, (laughs) So I love Star Wars, but I just want to make it clear that I separate between my love of Star Wars and my defense of Disney as a company, even though I don't love Marvel and a lot of their other properties. And so mm-hmm. I just want to be clear about that. Sorry, go ahead. I don't want to speak for all Star Wars fans. Sorry, like- Mr. Mouse. Mr. Mouse? Dr. Mouse? <laughs> what am I supposed to call him? King Mouse? King Mickey. King Mickey. Who's He's walking also- around naked. Have some self-respect. No, he has he has his cloak and his wizard no, robes no, 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 when he's in no, Kingdom Hearts. That's what you call he's him. modest. Because he has no clothes. Minnie is like a princess. Mickey is like a barbarian. <laughs> oh! <laughs> Sorry, I love my strong what female about, protagonist. What about, what about that wizard it. cap? What about that wizard cap? Okay, alright. Whatever. Austin, go ahead. Alright, um, I want Kingdom Hearts to win, but um, I, I know Outer Worlds is very big contender this year. I want um, you to talk specifically about Disco Elysium and or Monster Hunter. Alright, so Monster Hunter, I know Iceborne, my friends played the expansion. Um, it, it adds a lot of new content to the game, it has a pretty nice story. Uh, haven't played it though. Um, Disco Elysium, haven't played that either. I just don't know. What's not clear to me, because the Frozen Wilds DLC for Horizon was like almost a new game with how much content and how much improvement there was. And that wasn't nominated. I know Monster Hunter people love, and there's all these new skins and blah, 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 and Monster no, Hunter it, World. It adds, a, it adds whole new mechanics to it, too. It's like another okay. expansion. Okay. It's, think it, of like it's, a it's, Destiny it, expansion. It's, uh, it's it's re- it's a re- it's a real big revamp. Like they did they did a ton of stuff. Well, I can get I can get an Aloy too, which makes me want to get it. Yeah, here's here's the <laughs> thing. Here's here's the thing. Right. Here's the thing. Okay, Ethan, go ahead. Sorry, also, I'm taking. I'm throwing it to Ethan. Ethan, talk about Monster Hunter. Make me understand why this is important okay. and, and like, the DLCs okay, so on this like, list with games like Kingdom Hearts, Final Fantasy, and the Outer World. The Monster Hunter DLC. Tell me why it's here. Because it's basically a total revamp of the game that makes the game increasingly better on top of what it already was, plus a whole bunch of stuff uh, for a relatively decent price tag. I think it was like 40 bucks or something when it came out. I forget. I don't know. But that's Why? like saying I have an 80 floor uh, uh, tower and I'm adding 20 more floors to the tower. Whereas Outer yeah, Worlds but, and Disco Elysium but, are like, we're building a new skyscraper from scratch. I think we should give them some credit for that. Sorry. But, but, what, it's tr- but what it does do on top of those 24s is say, hey, we're going to make sure that all the rooms... Uh, are cleaned every hour and uh, the bathrooms smell really nice all the time. Is Monster Hunter um, the Dark Souls for the average person? No. Dark Souls is the Dark Souls for the average person. Just in terms of big, huge bosses and big, huge weapons and you fight, fight, fight over and over and over and over and over again. But there's a great multiplayer element. No. It's it's yeah. a totally different, totally different it's a totally different experience. So if yeah. Dark Souls had sex with Borderlands, am I getting closer? 
No, not even close. Okay. You're you're way off. That's okay. really off. Yeah. Okay. That's well, really I mean, off. look, I, I Dude, played Monster much, Hunter for Ultimate on the 3DS, so I understand the basic much, concepts. Yeah, the, the, the much more apt comparison would be, you know, uh, Diablo mixed okay. with okay. only the only the boss from each stage. Which, by the way, much more apt comparison. was one of the attractive things knowing little about Neo was that there was a Diablo element. I was like, ooh, new armor and new weapons. I was like, oh, this is exciting, but no. Anyway, just, just to quickly... Just, just so we can move on a little bit here. Yeah, just I don't want to talk about DLC. Really I, I'm eliminating. I'm pulling well, a bizzle here. I'm eliminating the DLC. I want you, someone, and, to and, talk and, about and Disco Elysium and why people like Disco Elysium. That, that, that's exactly what I was going to say. Which is, unfortunately, in my limited but, uh, you know, history of remembering these game awards since 2015, a DLC has never won any category. Period. It just hasn't. Um, at least, at least, not in any of the big categories. I think maybe some DLCs have won some things, some obscure titles, but like big titles like this, they never ever win. Which is why I'm confused why Final Fantasy XIV is on this list because Final Fantasy XIV is an MMO, and last I checked, they got an expansion. So I'm confused why the expansion isn't up uh, like for the vote, not just the entire game. Either way, uh, MMOs almost never win DLCs almost never win. So immediately here, I'm going to say Iceborne and 14 are not going to win these categories. Uh, much Let to me, the sure grade okay. of their I, communities. I, I want to move this along, so I'm going to be more specific. I, I, I'm going to. I'm moving it along. No, no, I know. I'm, but I'm taking over as the host here and going to throw some stuff in that will probably support your points, which is I have never seen Steam reviews like the Disco Elysium reviews. It's a 10 out of 10 with like 10,000 reviews, overwhelmingly positive in every way possible. Great reviews by both users and critics across the board and hipsters like Kirk Hamilton, although I call him a hipster, but also Bloodborne's his favorite game. So, you know, he loves the Soulsborne games as well. Um, and the fact that it's, they call Disco Elysium a groundbreaking open world role playing game. You're a detective with a unique skill system, blah, 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 blah. It looks, but it's got a, it's got an isometric view like Baldur's Gate. So what is going on with this game, Ethan? Is this like one of those perfect mixes of like old school classic RPGs with, with new school uh, RPGs, if that makes sense? And, and that's, and it's just done really well and it's not that expensive. And that's part of why the reviews are through the roof. Yeah. It's just one of those games that is incredibly well made a love letter to people who love this type of thing and got unnoticed generally by the large populace and came out around the same time as a much more, you know, marketed product. Uh, so when everyone was shocked that this is so good, it, it makes that much that much more uh, impressive. Jason Schreier says, quote, the sheer number of role-playing possibilities is mind-boggling and often overwhelming. He says, you can be a pinko communist, an apathetic centrist, or a fascist herb. So this... <clears throat> This is reminding me of like a fallout, like a uh, isometric Fallout game, like old school Fallout, uh, but with like even deeper like political and social themes. Is that what's appealing to people? Like, what is the? Let's put it this way, Ethan. We always talk about like the core mechanic or two that addict people to games like Destiny or whatever. What's the sort of core mechanic or two that that you're aware of with Disco Elysium that has people saying overwhelmingly positive, ten out of ten, you know, everywhere you look with this game? 
game. It's definitely the role playing elements. The the vast role playing hmm. elements are like the, the number one thing. When you have a game like this that is you know singing and engaging in the core concept, uh, uh, like this game is for its audience of the role playing audience, like it, it's it, it's not even close. It's not even close, especially when it comes out of nowhere and just shocks hmm. everyone. Uh, it's it's it very much taps into all the things that the outer worlds uh, is doing and makes the outer worlds so great. Just uh, uh, that it makes our world so great. Uh, you know, j- 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 just the sheer vast RPG systems. Now, I haven't played the game. I haven't watched a ton of the game, but I know that the RPG systems are vast so in that I, game. I can speak um, on this, having played Baldur's but, Gate, Icewind Dale, and so forth back in the day. Now, you know, the, the, the traditional uh, thinking is that uh, Divinity Original Sin and... Um, uh, I'm already forgetting. I just said it with Obsidian. Uh, Pillars of Eternity games um, are the, uh, you know, the descendants, you know, uh, successors, whatever you want to call it, to those classic uh, Bioware, um, you know, D&D games or so forth. But what I have read about this is that this is actually the true descendant to those games. The gameplay features no combat into the traditional sense, is handled through dialogue trees and skill checks. Hello, Dungeons and Dragons. Um, and it is isometric, like those other games that I mentioned. And as I've told you guys, the biggest problem with, <laughs> with Divinity Original Sin and, uh, and Pillars of Eternity games is that there's, there's so long and there's so much dialogue, both spoken and read, and there are so many skills. It, it's just, it's, it, it, you know, it's like it takes D and D three uh, system three point five, you know, like Pathfinder. It goes even crazier, and it's not that interesting because it's not a world that we're familiar with. Whereas this seems to distill it into a much more interesting kind of element. I'm wondering if this is uh, partially a reaction to the fact that people really want to love um, D- Divinity Original Sin and or Pillars of Eternity, i.e. me, um, but it's just too long and too much and the world building isn't that interesting with, with these new worlds and this kind of distills it into a quirky um, but kind of deep um, but accessible uh, sort of a system. Um it is what I'm seeing here. In fact, the more I'm reading about this game, the more I'm thinking I want to download this game immediately and play it, to be honest with you. Either of you can jump in. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm definitely going to pick it up uh, if I want to get some Christmas money in here. Because uh, I, I, de- I it, it's definitely one of those games that seems right up my alley and that like I want to experience... It's sort of the opposite of Outer uh, Worlds I, I, in some ways, though, right? It's an interesting contrast. Outer Worlds, you got the shooter. You can shoot anybody you want. There's definitely traditional combat. It's first person, unless you don't do anything for a few minutes. I would just, I, I would just say they tap into the different ideals of mm-hmm. what has made this the RPG genre so interesting over the past years. Sort of like what Bethesda did back when Fallout 2 transitioned to Fallout 3 mm-hmm. was, you know, you, you had this transition of this great universe uh, that that made the jump into the 3D uh, very seamlessly and did a very good job uh, of keeping all of the wonderful things that Fallout the, the Fallout series was before and like I said transitioned to 3D. 
Um, and so not really opposites, but they kind of rep- they represent in a modern age, you know, what, uh, you know, uh, Fallout New Vegas was almost 10 years ago now. Outer Worlds represents what that was was like for an RPG of that era. Uh, and uh, this represents, you know, the Pillars of Eternity, the Baldur's Gates, etc. So what, tw- 20, 25 years ago? Uh, and that's more representative of that with just with more modern elements. So... Austin, you know how sometimes I call things walking simulators, and I don't mean it as an insult. Did you mean Death Stranding? (laughs) Well, we're going to get to that. But God of War, actually, Game of the Year God of War, is a bit of a walking simulator. Combat's very easy. Like with the other God of War games, while it looks way better, you just keep mashing buttons, essentially, and you can beat anything. Um even on you know normal difficulty or whatever, and the important parts of the game are the exploration and the storytelling and so forth. Obviously, uh, you know uh, we talk about um, I'm blanking. What's the Android PS4 game? I'm blanking. Uh, Detroit Become Human. Detroit, right? Which is you know a, a QTE walking simulator, right? Again, not an insult, but I think is an apt description. Again, a guy who grew up playing the Mist games and stuff, I love that shit. This seems like the RPG version of of a walking simulator, and I think people are getting tired of every game having tons of combat. Um, and again, as someone who's going back through all the recent uh, uh, sh- uh, Tomb Raider games. Um, Shadow of the Tomb Raider for me is clearly the best and there is by far the least combat in Shadow of the Tomb Raider uh, there's way more tomb stuff ex- exploration stuff and dialogue and character stuff than the other games and I might be in the minority in this but I love that way better uh, with those games I don't want every game to be about combat in fact one of the things I like about Outer Worlds is you can avoid a lot of combat if you want to um, and I guess what I'm saying is with all of the crazy storytelling that's not even that interesting in Divinity and Pillars, uh, then you add very extended combat on top of it that's also not that interesting, even though it looks pretty and it's supposedly based on Baldur's Gate. This seems to be more in the spirit of the RPG, which is supposed to be about storytelling and if any of you guys have played Dungeons and Dragons it's very divided in terms of players between people who want to have a lot of combat and just roll a d20 over and over and over again i.e. not me and uh, having a great dungeon master, game master, who tells a great story and who gives you flexibility to avoid combat and tell your own story and talk about your character and develop your character and stuff like that, which is what I love. That's what this seems to be uh, to me. And, and that would be my vote, having not played it, but reading a lot about it and seeing it, th- that would be my vote for why it just... Bringing back the you know the the sort of complex character development that's not so combat based, I think is very refreshing. Honestly, um, I, I don't know how you guys feel about that. And then we got to rank these categories and, and move on. Ethan, Austin, Austin. Uh, I don't really have much to say because I don't have I didn't play most of these. Um, I do eventually want to get the time to sit down and play them, but um. You know what can what I can say about the games Kingdom Hearts and Outer Worlds. Uh, Outer Worlds they got like a really good you know Obsidian backing that um, 
and you know there's always that want or need for like a game that's like fallout new vegas again because you know there's that similar feeling almost i i mean it's not fallout's dull atmosphere for you that's it you know you you don't really look at fallout for um i guess it's graphics but like you look at it more for like the stuff that you can do in it and like these games like outer worlds and elysium sorry they both have a lot of stuff for you to do mm-hmm. like uh rpg wise outside of just you know going through an open world and stuff like that there's a lot of nuanced things i'd say yeah, I mean, Ethan, when you and I first started talking about Outer Worlds, you had played a bit more than me, but we were just getting started. We were like, wow, this is like Fallout New Vegas crossed with D&D. That's pretty cool. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, the D&D aspect of this is great. And obviously, with the success of Critical Role and Dungeons & Dragons in general being, you know, it's funny, guys. You, you know, we, we, we've known how great Dungeons & Dragons in role-playing games are for a while. But now the cool kids are all playing Dungeons & Dragons. It's funny to see. Um, and now we're seeing all these D- sort of D&D games. But I, I think there's something to it, you know? I mean, not everyone wants to shoot or do long, extended strategic combat. And I like the, that, that notion. And honestly, Ethan, I don't know. Um, this is a good time to talk about Outer Worlds. And then we, we really have to rank these. I'm obviously going to pick Outer Worlds. Um you really don't have to shoot and fight a lot in Outer Worlds, both to succeed and have fun, was my experience. What were your thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, I mean... It, Which I loved. It, it, I, I loved me, that it, that was a... Po- I would end up shooting anyways just because I would get t- t- trigger-happy and bored, but you really didn't have to. Yeah, no, 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 no. no. Absolutely. Like, like, here's the thing, and this is, this is something I've always enjoyed about... Mm whether it's the Fallout series or it's uh, uh, games like the, games like Outer Worlds, uh, you know, it, th- th- there are... What's great about the sandbox that these games set up is that there are so many different ways you can tackle whatever you're doing. Uh, and th- that's what makes it interesting, is that it adds a ton of replayability into, you know, you want to experience this portion of the story, well then, you know, you got to do this, uh, but then that's going to limit you from doing other things, and then you gotta, you know, play, play the way you've set up. Um, I, I've I've always enjoyed that about these type of games uh, is is really committing to, you know, I'm 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 a thief, so I'm not gonna carry any heavy weapons. I'm only only gonna wear light armor, and I'm never gonna I'm never gonna uh, not stealth assassin somebody. You know, if 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 I kill somebody without staff assassinating them, I'm gonna save reset and go back. That's that's the type of thing I always enjoy about these games, uh, and and to me, you know, Outer Worlds being the spiritual successor to Fallout New Vegas, literally my favorite, uh, definitely number two for like you know, not 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 most favorite, but uh, up there for favoritest open world games. Yeah, I, I've loved everything about this game. Uh, it's my it's my vote and it's my pick to win this category. Outer Worlds? Yeah. Yeah. Um, look, 
Elysium is cheaper and available on more platforms. It seems to get slightly higher ratings among critics and much higher ratings. Or not much higher, but it gets higher ratings among critics and players, which doesn't necessarily mean anything. Out of the worlds are being played by way more people, even though it's technically not available on Steam and available on fewer platforms. I don't know how these things work, especially with this not coming out on Steam until next year. It depends if hipsters or mainstream people are voting on this. If mainstream people are voting, Outer Worlds is going to win. If hipsters are voting, Elysium is going to win. I've so, course, yeah, go ahead. If I remember correctly, it's it's a it's a large cast of uh, industry professionals plus uh, journalist outlets, uh, and then the public represent public vote represents ten percent of the overall uh, input. I think Elysium's going to win. I think Elysium's going to win. I think this is the weird category where Outer Worlds should win based on most metrics. I would vote for Outer Worlds, even though Disco Elysium sounds super interesting to me. Um, But, uh, you know, you guys know more about the industry. Austin, what's your feeling? So, again, I'm voting for Outer Worlds, but I think Elysium's going to take this one. Austin, how do you feel? Um, Me, personally, I'm voting for Kingdom Hearts 3. But I feel like Outer Worlds is going to win. Okay. Well, look, I love Obsidian. I'm rooting for Obsidian. And for no other reason... If you uh, love them, you will love Fallout New Vegas and ignore the bad graphics. <laughs> no, well, I, I, think, I also we'll think fix, John we'll Gonzalez is God. So yeah, we can I, get it, you some upscaled graphics on there. Yeah, exactly. I, it's not a hard sell. I already think John Gonzalez is God from Horizon, and I love the Fallout sense of humor when it's done well, and I love Obsidian, so I just need a so little modding action. It sounded like you were giving up a couple months ago. Well, because it looked terrible on my beautiful PC rig when I'm playing, you know, Shadow of the Tomb Raider in Destiny in full Ultra HD, and then I boot up Fallout New Vegas. So I'm like, mm. it's all right. It's a ten year old. That's what happened. That's what happens when you boot up a ten year old game. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I actually tried to boot up Borderlands Two recently, and I was like, I can't do it. It looks terrible, right? It looks yeah, so bad. It looks bad. I think Borderlands Three looks bad. <laughs> In my opinion. Well, that, well that, that's because you're stupid and high. But <laughs> okay, so we're basically all agreeing on other worlds here. Is that what I'm hearing? Yeah. But do you agree with me that Elysium is is a a, a potential outsider uh, sleeper winner here, or, or there's no chance? They're definitely a sleeper. I'd say. I, that- I I think I think if there's a game to among all of the all of the games. Mm-hmm. In the whole, all the awards, all the categories that is going to win and be a shock win, it's going to be Disco Elysium. I will say this, Ethan: if Outer Worlds did not have such a great D and D system built into it, I think Elysium would win for sure. But because Outer Worlds has such a great D and D system built in, I think that's enough to take it over the top. Because that's the main selling point of Elysium is their sort of modified D and D system. No, no need for combat. Blah 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 blah. But you have the D and D right. You have the D and D with Outer mm-hmm. Worlds. I think that's enough to take it over the top. I think uh, I, I think there's enough RPG in there yep. that is new and original okay. uh, that, that, that that it's gonna win. 
I, well, I think- other than strategy games, which we may or may not talk about, I literally n- do There's not nothing. have a lot of knowledge about anything else. So we'll move much quicker through the other categories because RPG, as usual, is the one other than game of the year that I have anything to say about. I believe, Ethan, it is your turn for the categories. Yeah, so I'm going to pick this one and I'm going to immediately start because there's nothing else I wanted to talk about. Well, give about. us the category. With the exception of Game of the Year, except for this one, let's go with Fresh Indie Game. Do, 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 do. Fresh Indie Game presented by Subway, which is apparently still a thing that people go to. <laughs> 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 I guess when you live in New York, when you live in Philly, and we call them hogies, there's like no Soaps. reason to go to Subway. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm saying, I'm saying, even in New York and Philly, where there are Subways, there's no reason to go because you yeah, can get delicious the, yeah, yeah, yeah. subs everywhere. Yeah. I yeah. feel like Subway does well in Kansas City and Indianapolis. You know well, what I mean? Yeah. Subway is their hole in the wall, but we already have our hole in the wall, which is like. Well, did you know that Little Caesars, <laughs> Little Caesars, is still a profitable existing company? Yeah, yeah five dollar five dollar was all hot pizza. Yeah. Right, but it's hard to find in Philly because there's pizza fucking everywhere. That's most cities though. No, it's not. Outside of it's the East not? Coast and Chicago. No, the West Coast and the Midwest. Really? Outside oh yeah, pizza's really bad on the West Coast. It's terrible. Like Ooh. we can't get good Mexican food or sushi over here, but they got no pizza over there. Yeah, it's pretty oh, bad. Oh, there's some pretty good sushi here. Yeah, I, I, I got some good sushi places. Yeah. I'm just conveying the snobber. You'd be going to the wrong sushi place. You'd be going to the wrong sushi places. If right, I wasn't right, on the right, podcast, right. I would literally Grubhub sushi right now, but I don't have time all for right. that. All right. So, okay. I wanted to open this up. All Go right. Ahead. There are a lot of good, really good indie games this year. It's it's not even funny. Like, like, like it, it, so many good indie games on this list. Um... Disco Elysium is up for gra- is, is a nominee. Gris is a nominee. My friend Pedro oh, is a nominee. I didn't realize Disco Elysium. Okay, so Disco Elysium will win this if it doesn't win the other. I think. Well, and hold on, hold your horses. Outer Wilds is on this list. Slay mm. the Spire is on this list. Mm. And Untitled oh, Goose Game is on this list. You oh. love it? Okay, 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 okay. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on. Warning. Ethan's Game of the Year is Untitled Goose Game. And other than uh, Baba Is You, the word game that Trier is obsessed with, Outer Wild was his other Game of the Year. So those yeah. two are already on the table. Ethan, you can. I know you're going to talk about Goose Game, so just go. Okay, I'll just I'll just summarize my my statement from the other day. Goose Game, uh, to me, is the game of the year. To me personally, you you can't you can't change my mind. If there's one thing I'll remember 2019 for, uh, besides uh, trying trying to seriously kick myself in the ass and get through school, it will be Untitled Goose Game. Uh, it, this 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 game is a statement from top to bottom about how you know what life doesn't matter how about you just be a goose and go fuck with everyone is it goose simulator so it's it, it is it it is and it isn't okay it what, what it really is is it, it's just okay take all of your take all of the all of the want about how you want to be so obnoxious to to to, to do all the things you can't do in life right 
like uh like steal steal the shopkeeper's brain and then for drag it halfway across or or or, or honk or, or or quack or honk at a boy and make him who's afraid of geese and make him trap himself inside a telephone box you know th- that sort of thing like, like real canadian it's such a creative creative beautiful game uh all, all I can say is, is that it's 15 bucks. Go fucking play it. You will not regret it. it, it it's incredible. It's incredible. Now, saying all that, it's not going to win because Outer Wilds is on this list. Yeah, so uh, Outer Wilds it, it, is l- like l- l- the yeah. Monkey Island version of... Um, uh, um, uh, what am I blanking on? The space simulator right now. Sorry, it's been a long day. I haven't played it in a while. It's kind of like Monkey Simulator No Man's Sky. Is 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 really No Man's Sky? Is. Right. It's Monkey Island No Man's Sky. Is what I was trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. It 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 it, it, t- it takes the idea of you know planet planet landing and space exploration and takes it to a much more refined, much more open, but also you know less um repetition no man's sky um and for for that everybody everybody who has played this game has said that this is this is such an incredible experience and that more people should play it and yet it doesn't get any it it doesn't get a a ton of any praise at all um and mostly because it came out very early in the year games that come out very early in the year usually do not get a ton of attention um and, uh, you know, everything I've heard, I totally want to pick this up and play this when I get a chance. Uh, but anybody who's ever played it, and I've listened to them, has said that this is such an incredible experience. I yield to Ethan uh, on this. I want a Goose Game to win the game. That, that's all I have to say. Austin, response. Go play Goose Game. <laughs> <laughs> well, there you go, Ethan. You had your way, and it didn't last very yeah. long, but you got yeah. what you wanted. So, Austin, yeah. you picked the next category. We want Goose Game to win. Go Hold ahead, on, Austin. One, one, one quick thing. One thing oh, yeah, sure. One. Go on. Every indie on this game is an incredible game and deserves your money. Please go out research some of these games. Each one of them is special and unique and incredible and deserves. These, these indie teams deserve to keep making more projects. Uh, now we can move on. Um, I want to pick best action game. Um, we're going to start it off with Apex Legends, Astral Chain, Call of Duty Modern Warfare, um, Devil May Cry 5, we'll get into that, Gears 5, and Metro Exodus. Now, my pick for this category, and I think this game should have actually been nominated for Game of the Year, but Devil May Cry 5 is the greatest Devil May Cry game. Yeah. And I really think it should have been game of the year. Like everyone that I've mm-hmm. talked to, they share the same opinion with me. This is it was one of the greatest games this year. Like this is something that everybody should like give it a chance when you can because okay. when I played the first few minutes that I played of it, loved it. And okay. when I watch people play this game, they all said that they love this thing too. So so I, I want to work it backwards towards DMC5 uh, because mm-hmm. I, I've heard this and I believe it. 
it's not the game for me because I suck at such games. However, I had them on the PS2 and PS3, but uh, I want to talk about some of these other ones. Um, Mm -hmm. So, Austin, I'll give you first shot at my questions here, and then, Ethan, you can respond. Um, You guys know how I feel about Call of Duty. (laughs) I love the original so much. I played the original World War II. I still think the original Call of Duty is the best because you get the full American campaign, the full British campaign, and the full Russian campaign. And I will never forget starting the Russian campaign. The Russian campaign is literally trying to get off the boat onto the shore to fight the Germans, and you get killed like a thousand times before you get on the shore. Because guess what? That's what happened to 999 out of a thousand Russian troops when they tried to get on the shore in World War II was they just got murdered by the Germans when they tried to take back uh, Leningrad. Uh, and so for that, it's amazing. I love all three Modern Warfare games for various reasons. I don't think any of the games single player wise have been great since then. I'm not going to comment. Uh, I'm not going to commentate. I'm not going to comment on the multiplayer side of things. I know people like Black Ops or Black Ops 2 or blah, 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 blah. I, I really don't think they're that good personally. Sorry, guys. Um, But that being said, Austin, if Call of Duty didn't have so much hype about how sort of like political and controversial it was with its politics and blah, 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 would people even be talking about this game, honestly? Mm Mm-hmm. I think so. I honestly think so. I I finished the game, and my take on it is they do a really good job of showing you, like, the different sides of, uh, like, military. Like, um, the branch that... uh, you start at is like this special agent group they're mm-hmm. you know sort of like a seal team six they're just infiltrating stuff um like the gunplay it really like helps you capture like what you have to worry about in an actual like uh, like hostile environment um now there are people that like are disguised as like civilians but they're really like you know the enemy and it, it it has this sort of immersion where you're just like you're not sure what to expect in the war zone it's a a lot of unfamiliar stuff but like the sense of hey this is a war zone right now you got to watch for certain things um watch your head (laughs) that's basically it 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 puts you on edge uh gives you that you know war experience i'd say so if they didn't touch into like you know the ethicals like you know like chemical warfare and stuff like that i I think they would have still done a pretty good job capturing like hey this is call of duty um here's a really good storyline and you know the old games touched on like nukes and stuff like that so if they didn't i mean it would be weird but you know i'm glad they took the direction of you know chemical warfare because okay can i pull in some old man bizzle life experience here Mm mm-hmm you guys know I'm Jewish, and I have family in Israel. I've lived in Israel. I've literally worked on <laughs> multiple army bases in Israel. I've never been a fighter. I've been trained to f- shoot guns and clean guns and arm convoys and stuff like that. I'm not a supporter of militant action whatsoever. I wanted the experience of what it is like. I have a sense of what warfare is like. I've, you know, been driving by the West Bank with helicopters flying over, bombing cities and stuff like that, which, again, I don't support and find horrifying, but I've been close to warfare, 
And the fact that people are upset by white phosphorus, but not murdering people in an airport in Modern Warfare 2, <laughs> is unbelievable and shows, as you pointed out, Austin, with the nuclear warfare, a complete lack of understanding about what these games are about and what warfare is like. In every case, you're murdering people. It doesn't matter. It's, uh, it matters how it's framed. And not having played this game, the fact that they're trying to take a somewhat more realistic and ambiguous response to warfare, I would argue the original Modern Warfare games all did. The whole point of the airport massacre is that you don't have to shoot a single person. And that's what was so brilliant about it. Now, there have been other shooters whose games' names I am forgetting... There's one in particular, guys, I know you know what I'm talking about, I'm going to forget where the whole point of the game is that you're going crazier and crazier as it goes along and you're ordering more and more civilian massacres and then at some point you realize that you're, (laughs) you've gone crazy, um, fuck, what's it called, um, you know, there, there are other, you know, there are games that are like this that try and simulate how horrifying warfare is. Uh, I don't know if you guys have experienced Battlefield One, <laughs> when you die over and over again uh, in the trenches of of World War One and so forth. I, I am in support of all of these games because uh, you know America is. We are great at isolating ourselves mentally from the rest of the world and not thinking about all the people we're murdering whether the cause is right or not so anything that gets people familiar with what the military experience is like in even a semi-realistic way i am in support of so i can't speak on the gameplay the fact that they were trying to do something interesting sort of politically or geopolitically with this, I, I am in full support of. Again, you know, I have cousin, I mean, tons of cousins who are forced to f- serve in the Israeli military because if you're Israeli, you must serve in the military. And they are forced to do things they do not want to do, and they're traumatized for life by it. And it's absolutely horrifying. Uh, someone who's been cl- somewhat close to warfare, I'm in full support of these games, actually. Um, because um, most shooters, <laughs> whether it's you know any of the, the Obsidian slash Bethesda Fallout games or literally any shooter, you're so removed from what's actually going on. So I'm actually in full support of this. I can't speak to the gameplay, but to be able to criticize the political slash realism aspect of this, you guys can respond. I think is is absurd and actually irresponsible and uh, immature. Um, to be honest with you, we should be encouraging realistic experiences with military shooters. Um, is my feeling. Sorry, I'll get off my high horse. You guys go ahead. No, I just no, want to quickly. I agree. If I could, if I could, if I could actually just quickly interject as well mm-hmm. uh, before Austin gets into it, because Austin's actually the only one here who's played the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I just want to quickly make my point just attaching to that uh with this game in particular uh the realism thing absolutely uh just to tack onto the realism thing though this game would do everything great with that if it also didn't you know revise history so uh you know the realism thing yeah that's great uh but this game literally takes a battle that uh you know that uh, killed a lot of killed a lot of innocent civilians, or at least what the battle is based off of. That killed a lot of innocent civilians. That the Americans, you know, ordered, and the Russians. They, they, the, the game pins it on the Russians instead of the Americas. 
So uh, if this game didn't have revisionist history, I'd be all for it. But it does. So that's just my point real fast. Go ahead, Austin. No. <clears throat> this game, uh, I, I can't say that... Oh, what did you, What did he want again? What was I supposed to talk about again? Just yes, your, re-ask your question, please. I was trying to separate between sort of the political interestingness of the game versus the gameplay. Okay. Um, well, even without uh, like the chemical warfare aspect of it, it's still a Call of Duty game. It's hard not to talk about it when, you know, the n- number one thing in multiplayer is tactical nukes and like shooting wh- white phosphorus killstreaks at your enemies and stuff. So they, they had to uh, tie it, I guess, tie it in. Um, the storyline of course, you know, it takes place. You have some friends who it, it, it looks at every side of it. Um, so they acknowledge that there are some like gray areas, but uh, all in all, I, I don't think it's like does anything offensive to like history and that sort, because we, we've had like World War Two um, storylines over and over again. And I don't think anybody's like speaking out against those. So <laughs> No, but like, but at least at, at, at my, my only point is like you know they, they they took an act that was done by you know our country, America, the United States, and mm-hmm. and purposely spinned it and turned it around and turned it in for the you know and 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 it made and made made Russia seem like the the antagonist, which is you know I just feel like that's irresponsible. Versus at least in my experience with other Call of Duty games, you know. You know, at the end of World of War, you know, yeah, obviously, obviously, you were never going to be, the, you were never going to be playing the Russian who was planting the flag above Berlin and raising it, and obviously, that didn't happen in that sequence of events, because of course, but that that that's narrative, that's narrative stretch versus, you know, actually revising and replacing blame mm-hmm. on an actual sequence of events that happened. So, again, back to my experience, and specifically the experience of my Israeli family who goes through this, none of whom want to. It's not that they don't want to serve their country, but they don't want to get in a situation where they have to decide between taking fire and shooting, you know, (laughs) Palestinians, essentially, which is... In the real world, most warfare is not about white phosphorus and nukes. It's about small gunfights, which end up in people dead. Like when, you know, white supremacists go in synagogues and mosques and murder people, right? Or black churches. Like, that's what most warfare is. It's not this really dramatic stuff. And I wish, you know, we could we could simulate shooters where that was the case because that's what most warfare is. is just people firing guns and people dying when you don't expect them to die or when you don't even want them to die or when you have to decide between there's a 30% chance if I don't do anything, my buddy will get killed, but there's a 70% chance a 12-year-old is going to die if I shoot. That's the calculus that goes on in real warfare. And the real problem is the lack of responsibility and awareness of real warfare. But it's, it's not fair to put this on... 
Modern Warfare or any of these shooters. It's really a problem with Americans and obsession with guns and obsession with, you know, cavalier uh, uh, decisions to invade countries or bomb countries because we're so removed. That's what I would like to say, <laughs> you know, is like, like, oh, this mission is about controlling a drone. Um, I don't know. Did you guys ever see the movie Eye in the Sky with, with Aaron Paul and uh, 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 Helen Mirren and a great cast of characters where it's all about a drone strike in, in Kenya um, where they have information. Aaron Paul is literally sitting in Las Vegas with a joystick and a computer and they have to decide whether to bomb this uh, poor, you know, village in Kenya because they have some intel that maybe there's a terrorist cell there. And then even when they learn that there's weapons being stored there, the collateral damage is so obvious. In Helen Mirren, they're running it through Britain. Helen Mirren and a bunch of British officers are the ones calling it, but it's being flown via joystick and computer in Las Vegas. I mean, warfare is so removed from the actual killing of people no one wants to play that game uh, that that's the end of my political statement I, again it's not fair to put on modern warfare and honestly just the fact that we're having this discussion and that you know it, it, it's making us have this discussion is points in its favor just in terms of the portrayal of warfare and the experience of warfare that's all i have to say i haven't played it i love the old modern warfare games i want to play this game that's all i have to say you guys go ahead transitioning the gameplay I heard the single player was really good. How was the single player, Austin? <laughs> single player for what? Modern Warfare. Modern Warfare? Modern Warfare? Like the just just uh, the yeah, story just, just the actual campaign because because we all know like last year you know they 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 cut out the campaign for Battle Royale. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this this is this is back to the original. You know, I I enjoyed uh, it a lot. Um, as a fan of the original Modern Warfare trilogy, um, bringing back Captain Price and rebooting his character to like show off like he's this badass. You already know he's a badass, but he's basically like the um, I, I want to compare him to the Master Chief. He's this hyper lethal vector that goes in. You can count on him to go clear the room, and then you're good. Um, the single player does a good job of you know bringing back the characters from the the old games and like putting new spins on them uh the characters aren't all annoying like i I don't absolutely hate hearing them like say stuff to me like well to be fair modern warfare where we had like idris alba and guys like that you fucking love in in the original soap and captain price and so forth were some of the Mm -hmm. best voice acting ever and honestly i don't even know if the modern warfare original modern warfare games are good shooters by today's standards but the storytelling and the narrative of the missions was so great in the voice Mm -hmm. acting i mean having idris alba and captain price by your side you just were ready to storm anywhere and fight a tank with a machine gun you know what i mean <laughs> that's that's what i miss about these games uh, honestly yeah it's, it's, um, it's almost too real i know i just said i wanted games more real but then i you know i mean do you remember the mission in modern warfare 2 where you think the the fight is in russia or iraq and then all of a sudden the russians invade virginia and you're mm-hmm. literally running through virginia in an invasion of fucking virginia by the russians supported by the middle east forces and you're like oh, oh my god they're the blowing fuck? up alexandria outside of dc and virginia and i'm running around trying not to get killed and trying to I'm save in civilians. a mcdonald's 
I'm trying to get an RPG. I'm trying to get one RPG at the top of McDonald's without getting killed across from the car dealership to bring down that helicopter. Oh, so glorious. And then the flashbacks to World War II, you know what I mean? Like with the sniper stuff, or the Cold War, I should say. It's so great. I, I don't know why they can't make those games. Because it's not irresponsible about warfare, but it's thrilling with the dramatic... That's the thing. Again, back to my whole theory about why God of War won and why the narrative strong narrative games won every year. I don't know why they can't make the strong narrative games. I'm not saying this one isn't, but it's been a while that I since I played one with Call of Duty. Yeah, I can agree with that one. Um, we saw such a leap from uh the actual games like advanced and infinite warfare they're kind of just like um not what we're used to i guess you could say and not believable you know um not a lot of people like believed in like space warfare fighting on the moon well, here's the problem <laughs> here's the problem i got jetpacks in space warfare hey i'm gonna jump over to mass effect andromeda <laughs> since yeah. when it was patched it is one of the best games ever. I mean, the open world of Mass Effect Andromeda, in my opinion, the writing and combat in that game is spectacular. I mean, Destiny has amazing jetpack stuff too, obviously. Um, Destiny's great. I mean, Destiny and Andromeda are the two. So why am I going to play janky-ass advanced warfare with creepy-ass uh, Kevin Spacey when I could play <laughs> Mass Effect Andromeda with a super hot chick that I designed myself to be the lead protagonist? Yeah. Yeah, I'm in a <laughs> Which I admit is one of my favorite things to do in these open world RPGs is to yeah. design awesome, sexy chicks to be my, my lead protagonist. But the voice acting in Andromeda is great. It's so sad with that game that they had a bad release because once they patch the face stuff, it looks amazing, especially on PC, which I just replayed. Oh, it's such a good game. Sorry, go ahead. No, I, I totally agree. If I want to play a game with power suits and jetpacks, I'll go play Halo because I have Halo. But I'm not going to go into Call of Duty and just be yeah. like, "Hey, I want Halo, Mass fly Effect, Destiny." Shoot. There's a million other <laughs> options. Yeah, uh, I came to COD for COD. I want to play yeah. a shooter okay. game in All the right. war. <laughs> All right. Um, the last thing I want to say before we get to, I think Gears Five's trash. Uh, but uh, the, 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 only, the only reason I say that <laughs> is. It's because all the cover shooters that I like, like Uncharted, the combat sucks and the cover shooting is like a small part of the game. Games like Division or Gears where the cover shooting is like all of the game, I just get bored by it, honestly. I much prefer, even with uh, Ubi, I much prefer Ghost Recon where you can use cover, but it's more like a Call of Duty, you know, uh, you have more, more options. Where it's like hit X to jump to the next cover and hit Y to jump over the cover and blah 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 blah. I I think that's just bullshit. I would love uh, for you guys to talk about Metro Exodus, uh, which is a game I always hear Metro Exodus, Metro Exodus, Metro Exodus. It's available here. Everyone loves it. Blah blah blah. I'm not clear why that game's so popular. I will say, as you guys saw, the the big poll of Apex uh, versus um, what was it? Apex versus Fortnite. Fortnite, 52% Apex, 48% Fortnite. Is that all because of Star Wars? <laughs> yeah, it's, it was also a poll 
given out by someone who... Let's just give a round of applause to Respawn Entertainment right now for saving the Star Wars franchise for Electronic Arts. Now, I know they paid $150 million in cash to buy Respawn based solely on Titanfall and Titanfall 2. And let us be clear, the disaster of Anthem was partially saved by the surprise Apex Legends that came out of nowhere to save EA's ass on the multiplayer. So they gave them Jedi Fallen Order, which is not the best game ever, but it's an amazing Star Wars game with an incredible lore Star Wars story. I just want to give a round of applause. I've never played Apex Legends. I know people like it. It's not my thing, obviously, but goddamn Jedi Fallen Order was such a, again, 25 hours some of the best 25 hours ever. It's one of the only games I've ever pre-ordered. $60. I never do that. I did it with Jedi Fallen Order. Played it on the PC. It was glorious. It was super fun. It was a great, great, great Star Wars story. And sorry, guys. The Star Wars lore and storytelling and characters of Jedi Fallen Order are a thousand times better than the fucking Mandalorian. So, that's the Bizzle's opinion. Who's a Star Wars homer? Uh, You guys can go ahead on a Apex Legend, and then we'll end on Devil May Cry. I'm throwing it to you, Austin. Alright, so Apex Legends. Um, you don't have to talk game, about it. I mean, the game The game was fun for a while. I played it. Um, you know, playing a Battle Royale game again, it's just like I kind of had an oversaturation of them playing Fortnite and PUBG and Call of Duty Blackout. But um, Apex Legends was fun because, you know, uh, has the Titanfall 2 mechanics and you know it, it's a similar game but you know I just don't think it should win an award especially not action game category um, I'd much rather a game like Devil May Cry which has a lot more things to do in it um, just like you know progression and there's a lot of stuff to unlock and you know just seeing the storyline of Devil May Cry like you know move along and like a game that came out this year like a lot of people are wondering what the series was going to do because you know devil may cry 4 and like the reboot of dmc they weren't you know they weren't normally well received by the public but you know to come out with a game like this they have to like be rewarded somehow like even if this is like an industry plant mainstream award i i really think devil may cry could win here just because of how good it was on the scope of like our action game mm. my thoughts on this are again i suck at devil may cry but i do wish we got more non-open world <laughs> action games and to be honest with you guys even though God of War Game of the Year 2018 looks great and has a great narrative and is an interesting, complicated Kratos, it almost makes me want to play God of War 2 or 3 Remastered, which is a more straight-ahead action game. Because God of War Game of the Year tries to be semi-open the world, but again, it feels more like it's holding your hand as a walking simulator. Now, Mass Effect Andromeda is great because I personally think the writing is excellent. The characters on the ship, uh, I mean, they're not as diverse on the surface, but the writing for the characters is more interesting. You can do way more with your ship. The planets are really cool. And, you know, the scenario of being far-flung, you know, on the other side of the galaxy, whether 
whether it's Star Trek Voyager or Stargate Universe, like, I like that scenario. Um, and it's just interesting to me. But it's not necessarily the open worldness. But I do miss Mass Effect, you know, 1, 2, and 3, and Dragon Age 1, and so forth, where, you know, you have these big, huge areas to explore, but there's not a full open world. Um, and I think there's something to be said for that. I think we need more games like that, and not everything needs to be an open world. And honestly, guys, I am at the point where I want straight up Zelda Horizon Witcher, like full on 200 hours open world, or a more constrained thing like Devil May Cry, Dragon Age Origins, Mass Effect 2, and so forth. And not this middle ground of like semi-open world games, which honestly are tedious and are very transparent with what they're trying to do. Those are my thoughts. You guys go ahead. Uh, I haven't played basically any of the games on this list with the exception of Apex Legends. Uh, Apex Legends is not going to win this category. I think it's going to win the other category. Uh, uh, from what I've heard about Devil May Cry, uh, I think it, of all the games on this list, it's going to win. Um, that's kind of overall thoughts on this one. Uh, what also, is the emo rating it. from 1 to 10 on this Devil May Cry? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> what is the weird colored weird shaped Japanese hairstyle rating from 1 to 10 on this Devil May Cry about a Super Saiyan Ultra Instinct <laughs> times 300 times anime plot armor that's what it is oh man uh, I can't take it I can't take it I can't take it. Fucking anime. Alright, so Devil May Cry, that's the winner. Next category, who's who's picking here? Uh, do we do we want to do just a few game more, of the or year? do we want to just do Game of the Year? <laughs> I mean, is we there could anything mention... else we really... Let's, is there anything else we can run through quickly just to highlight a game or two, and then we'll end with Game of the Year? Yeah, I we would. can talk about VR. <laughs> I was, yeah, I was going to mention VR games, yeah. Um, well, we all know it's going to win, so... <laughs> can I talk about the annoying one? What? Games for Impact. Uh, there actually wasn't. What's crazy is that this year kind of sucked for Games for Impact, to be honest with you. Well, Gris or Grease or whatever, I know people liked. Then there's Life is Strange 2, which is always at the top. And Sea of Solitude, I've also heard good things about. I, I was just wondering yeah. if you had heard anything about those games. Yeah, I did uh, not like uh, Life is Strange uh, 2, but that's because I like playing teenage girls as opposed to teenage boys. Call me crazy. Uh, of of the games for impact, I heard Chris was really good. Um, that's and, of, and that's, no offense to the t- the two young men in Life is Strange too. You're not Ashley Birch. I'm sorry. It's just it's not the same. Um, and it's you know I mean you've done the time travel mechanic and then you did the prequel where it's just about dialogue, which is great. I love Life is Strange before the storm. It's you know they're 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 pushing they're pushing their luck at this point, but people seem to like it, so I'm happy because I love the franchise. That's all I have to say. Um, esports. Yeah, so, uh, is there anything we really want to highlight about esports? Do we care? Uh, um, League of Legends and Counter Strike are still the best esports games. Uh, oh, I know what I wanted to ask. Fighting games. Is there oh. anything that can compete with Smash Brothers? Yes. Whoa! A difference of opinion. And, 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 and this, this is why I don't play fighting games because my answer is going to be Smash, and, it, and obviously Austin is much more knowledgeable. No. Leave so, that. Austin. All right. So, as a member, proud member of the FGC yes. fighting game uh-huh. community, uh-huh. Um, I can safely say that Smash Brothers 
should win the the award. Now that's not just saying that you know it, it's a clear out winner. Um, Samurai Showdown has showed us that uh, at you know multiple esports events that this game is not all about like learning all the combos and being like knowing every little. F- piece of the game you can just go in there with the mechanics of playing footsies if you're like a a street fighter player from the 90s did you say footsie yeah footsies that's that's sort of like when you're poking with with the legs in the game poking okay i don't know what you're talking about here but it doesn't sound like a fighting game it sounds like sixth grade uh math class (laughs) so (laughs) but basically um or my sixth grade math class you don't need to know all sorts of crazy mechanics for Samurai Showdown because you know there's always this one older older guy competing in Samurai Showdown. You know there's a bunch of them where so is just it on the opposite end of Guilty Gear basically? Yeah, I'd say it is because you just have to have the core mechanics of you know spacing out your opponent and just like being able to punish when they do something wrong. Do you like, need you, to be Dead or Alive six, Mortal Kombat eleven, or Smash Brothers a thousand to be big at Evo, or can you break in with a newer fighting game? Um, like, do you need to establish a legacy of fighting games to be popular at Evo in those type of events at this point? Um, well, I'd say that it just comes down to practicing because, um, you have to just dedicate time to learning the game. No, no, I'm sorry. I I mean, I just mean popularity, availability, and even like the existence of games like this at something like Evo, or is it still Mortal Kombat, Guilty Gear, Street Fighter, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. There, they might have uh, spots at the Evo side stage because, um, you know, it's just because it's not a main Evo event. They do have like smaller events at the venue. They just don't stream it. Um, Sam Sam show last year, everybody was watching it, and they were just amazed at how like these people were doing like really flashy combos, but like their core mechanics of the game, like they were just really good at, and they're good at showcasing that. So you didn't know how to know all the fancy bells and whistles of a fighting game, like why this works and why this doesn't. If you just go in there and want to bop some kids, go ahead. That's what Samurai Showdown has shown. So I think that could win uh, best fighting game based mm-hmm. solely off the community. Uh, Jump Force, uh, notorious anime game, and you know when anime games happen, they normally are really good or really bad, depending on who you ask. Um, <laughs> One Piece games are notorious for being like, you know, rushed and lazy and low effort. That's what this Jump Force kind of felt like. Uh, it's good for mindless fun, but it's not a real. Fun. Let's be honest. It's just a mindless, so, yeah, punch to fest. Like so, this is a perfect right transition into Sekiro and the big games of the year, which is. I really want to be able to have access to games like Sekiro and Neo because I love the idea of combining fighting games with RPGs, but they're all super hard ultimate get good games. There's nothing in the middle. They're all like ultra, 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 ultra get good games. And Wait until Dragon Ball Kakarot comes out. Okay, and I have nothing against Get Good Games. You know, Ethan, as we had our Sekiro discussion, I pretended to not like Get Good Games, and I, of course, came down on the side of pro Get Good Games, but I wish there were games like Neo and Dark Souls that were, like, above average difficulty, but not, like, murder you in the face when you're 37 and don't have time to spend a 1,000 hours mastering bosses type games. Well, like, here's the thing, right? Like... It, and this this is the 
just to summarize this this discussion, and ultimately this discussion is going to be why Sekiro will not win Game of the Year. All right, let's. Ju- are we? Uh, are we? Are we jumping? Are we jumping straight to Game of the Year right now? Let's just do it. Yeah, let's just do it. I, I, I don't think we have anything else to talk. Okay. About. All right. Yeah, jumping to Game of the Year. Ooh, Resident Evil Two. Oh, yeah, Control. Just, okay. Oh, this is interesting. Okay, go ahead. So, so we'll we'll, we'll go off. It, the nominees are just Control, Death Stranding, Resident Evil Two, Sekiro, Smash Brothers, and Outer Worlds. Those are those are the contenders this year. Um, interesting that there's not an indie game on this list like there was last year, but that's besides the point. Um, so, the, as I was saying with Sekiro, you know, difficulty is subjective, you know, and whether Jesse, you're able to play games like this or not, uh, that that's ultimately the reason why this game is not going to win. Um, it, you know, interesting. Too many people. Too many people were not, unfortunately, were not going to be able to buy and play this game. Not because people didn't want to buy and play it, but because people knew that if they bought and play, tried to play it, they were going to waste their $60 because they weren't going to be able to beat it. Can I, can I give uh, a quick follow-up? Or play it effectively. Or play quick, it effectively. Go ahead. Go quick follow-up. If Bloodborne was not an ultra, 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 ultra get good game and a PS exclusive, would it have been more competitive with The Witcher in 2015 for Game of the Year? Yes. Okay. And and if it, and if it was on Xbox, that's what I said. Not a PS exclusive. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, sorry. Not I ultra super yes. super super. Yes, if it, if it was an exclusive yes. and it, uh, maybe just the not exclusive, you might have done it. But, uh, you it's know, you, you also I mean, The Witcher with. is like as if we got the Lord of the Rings game we've never gotten before. You know, and, it's and, tough. And, and, and it, right, right. But that's the point. Is that uh, Witcher? like Skyrim before it raised the bar for what it meant to be playing an open world game. Right. Uh, just like Zelda would do two years later. And so uh, it would have been hard for Bloodborne to win that just because Bloodborne, while it was different and unique, it did not, in my opinion, push the genre forward in terms of uh, gaming in the way that Witcher would have so no, in my mind it, it wouldn't have went regardless. But but yes, but 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 getting back to the point, you know, Sekiro. I guess my no, question it, was what was what held Bloodborne back from not competing with The Witcher? Let's be honest. The Witcher 3, both at the time and in retrospect, is the clear winner of the best game of 2015. I mean, yes. and there are major problems in The Witcher, but I put 300 hours in and I still want to play, which shows how great it is, and I still want to play Bloodborne, though. My question is, and you sort of answered it, was the exclusivity or the lack of uh, accessibility the bigger problem? You sort of said both to various degrees, which is a nuanced answer and I think the correct one. Uh, mixed with, if Bloodborne had had, you know, a third of the narrative uh, of The Witcher, that would have also helped. Well, well really, really my point is, is that with The Witcher, The Witcher did something. Here's, here's the thing about Game of the Year. Right, and this this is what's important about Game of the Year is that it has to be arguably representative beyond the beyond believable doubt that the game, in some way or another, was artistically, um, uh, gameplay wise, or um, uh, or uh, innovative for whatever game it is for the entire year. 
you could look at any game that's got game of the year and argue that for all of those games without with with beyond it beyond a shadow of a doubt you can uh even the bad years i'm looking at you dragon age um so why why witcher would have won regardless of bloodborne was different in its game design or not it doesn't matter witcher did things to innovate the open world genre while bloodborne didn't do anything that necessarily enhance or innovate upon Mm -hmm. you know the the just the action uh the action experience genre it just it did but it it did did win the console wars in retrospect for playstation which is interesting yeah but the end the the winning the industry has nothing to do with whether a game is good or not oh i know but this is the whole bill simmons has this theory about mvp awards for sports which is that we actually should vote for mvps uh five years after the fact um yeah because we don't really know. <clears throat> now, right. I would still argue The Witcher should beat Bloodborne uh, or any game in 2015 because it's The Witcher 3. And, you know, we wouldn't be getting a $500 million, you know, five-season Witcher series on Netflix without The Witcher 3, you know, even though it's supposedly based on no, the books, I, which I, I love. I would concur. Yeah. Would concur. Um, and, and so culturally, and it's an amazing game, action RPG, blah, 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 blah. Um, but, you know, but looking back on Overwatch or Dragon Age Inquisition, although I don't know what was great in those years, so I, I can't make that argument, but y- you see what I'm getting to here. Correct. But but without a shadow of a doubt, you could argue that any game that wins Game of the Year, it, it, without a shadow of a doubt, was, in, was the best game in, whether it was artistically, Gameplay-wise or innovative, for whatever 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 category it comes from, is representative of uh, the, the 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 progress for the game industry that year. It just is. You can argue that for Dragon Age. You can argue that for Overwatch. Certainly, uh, you know. It, mm. So 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 to me to me when I pick Game of the Year, right? Uh, it it, it, ha- it has to either it has to win out. In all of those three things, gameplay, innovation, and art, uh, and an artistic design, whether that means you know how pretty it looks or you know how was how was this a labor of love from the developers, you know, mm-hmm. um, it has to out it, it has to match those three categories more than the competition that it, that is up for. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Sekiro, in my mind, will not win because no, it. Its gameplay was not accessible to enough people, and it's considered inferior to its older brothers. Let's be honest. No, I, w- I would I would disagree. In, 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 sorry, in sort of the mainstream narrative, people still talk about Bloodborne and Dark Souls way more than Sekiro. Well, there's there's, there's more there's more Souls content. I, that, yeah, you, you I can't really. Yeah, I would say that some I, some of my friends said they like Sekiro more than Bloodborne. Like I'm not saying it's not better or more liked. I'm saying in the but, cultural yeah, narrative, not, it's called Soulsborne. It's not called Soulsborne Kiro or whatever. People still talk about Bloodborne. I, look, Austin, you have said to me that you and your girlfriend, Bloodborne is one of your favorite and best games of all time. Am I wrong mm-hmm. about this? Let me mm-hmm. get this on the podcast. It's on my top five. Ethan, I told you. So... 
I, 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 yeah, I didn't. No, I know. I just, I, no, I told you, I, I said, I told you I wanted to get Austin saying it on the podcast. And yeah, you are not alone. Like I said, Kirk Hamilton from Jason Schreier's podcast has Bloodborne in his top five as well. He's played Bloodborne like a million times. He loves the game. He loves the Dark Souls games. He's played them a million times, but he thinks Bloodborne is the best of all of them. And he loved Sekiro. He really did. But Bloodborne is still at the top. But I'm saying among a series in which Bloodborne and Dark Souls is still held culturally higher and this would be my question for Resident Evil 2 is a remake of a game Austin I know you love Resident Evil 2 but a remake of a game that most people or let's put it this way that not everyone agrees is even the best two or three Resident Evil games even if you do I can't imagine this is game of the year material so then what's your statement about Last of Us Remastered well, I don't think that should be game of the year either. And I don't think well, Super was, Smash was, Brothers... It, it was, well, let me let me go through my rant here. I don't think Super Smash Brothers should be because it's a remake of a remake of a remake of a stupid game of Mario fighting Princess Zelda or whatever. Who fucking cares? Smash Bros. is at all. Control is a game that no one played and no one cares about. Outer Worlds is great, but it's like a... In, you know, it's like a colorful but toned down of New Vegas... And I think Death Stranding is going to win because of the Kojima worship. And honestly, I've thought a lot about this comparison, guys. I'm going to compare, in my brain, Kojima to Jackson Pollock, (laughs) which is, does everyone think he's an absolute modern art genius? Yes. Am I willing to acknowledge that everyone else thinks he's a modern art genius and am cool with it? Yes. Have I ever really engaged with those artworks or care whatsoever any of the Metal Gear Solid games? No. I absolutely love Kojima. One of the best things I've ever loved about him is how much he loved Horizon Zero Dawn and wanted specifically to use the Horizon engine on Death Stranding, which is one of the main reasons I want to play Death Stranding in addition to the weirdness of it and just differentness of it. Mm. But the, the you know, ultra-patient uh, requirement of Metal Gear Solid, I've tried all the games. I'm like, oh my god, this is so fucking boring. But I respect mm. Kojima like I re- respect... Uh, Jackson Pollock, um, or, 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 you know, or, or, or any of these guys, you know, modern artists. And so I think because of the modern art of Death Stranding, the hype and the fact that it seems to mostly live up to the hype for people, the headlines for Death Stranding everywhere seem to be, this isn't a game for everyone, but I love it kind of thing. So I can't trust any of these reviewers. I haven't talked to a lot of normal players with Death Stranding. Everyone talks about it, and it is Kojima, a guy, again, who I super respect but i also respect all the lead nintendo guys and don't really care about mario or zelda that much either so i'm not the really the guy to say my point is i haven't played any of these games other than outer wilds i think death stranding will win and it probably deserves to win and that's the best i got i'm gonna throw it to you austin all right so um do i believe death stranding can win yes i would be happy with death stranding winning do i think it'll win no, I think it'll win best game direction um, because, you know, Kojima's a madman. But uh, I also think that Sekiro and Resident Evil have a really strong case for themselves. Really? Now, Sekiro is, you know, it's not really... <laughs> have Dark Souls ever won? Have the Dark Souls games ever won? No, it's never won. So this no. could be a makeup vote. This could be a from software makeup vote, actually, for Sekiro, which I hadn't considered. Like they yeah. do with occasionally with Oscars. It's an industry plan. 
<laughs> well, no, but you know, you know, sometimes like you know, uh, actors and actresses get nom- awarded Oscars for not the, like Scorsese won for The Departed, which isn't even like in his top ten movies. I love The Departed. Well, hold on. Sorry, guys. Um, I, I love The Departed a lot, but, like, real film people will tell you Scorsese has at least five or six movies better than The Departed. It's sort of a makeup vote. Honestly, Ridley Scott has never won for Blade Runner, Alien, The Martian, like, uh, the, you know, Gladiator, all the Ridley Scott movies, never won. He's due for a makeup vote. We see this, you know, with actors and actresses, you know, uh, uh, and so I'm wondering if Sekiro might get a, a makeup vote uh, uh, when a four from software for not getting Bloodborne or Dark Souls. Just a theory. Just a theory based on no inside information. Ethan, what do you think about that? I guarantee you half the judges haven't played Sekiro, so it's not going to win. Um, you think they've you straight just, up not even played it? That's interesting. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised either. Huh. Because IGN doesn't even finish the games oh. that they play. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they, they play ten minutes of it, put it down, and then make a conclusion. What do you mean? I scroll exactly. straight to the bottom for the review, and that's totally accurate. I look for the right? number. I just look for the number, whether it tells me good or not. <laughs> really, I don't makes think me feel like Batman. This what, is what, Dark Souls of puzzle games. You know, what would be a great <laughs> podcast would be. Looking at the five to ten games a year on IGN that get less than a seven point five, <laughs> um, because most all of be them, good games. most of them are good games and get rated very highly elsewhere. And yep. it's like and they, they have a beef like with Fortnite, those games. A nine point eight. <laughs> speaking speak, speaking of games that IGN gave less than a seven, yeah, Death Stranding. Yeah, oh, really. <laughs> IGN America. IG the IGN American uh, outlet. Death is 6.8. Okay, so the question is, do they do that because A, they're trying to give some semblance of objectivity so they go, let's go against one universally loved but pretentious game a year like Death Stranding to give us that or is it because they don't get advanced copies of the game and so it's a fuck you for not giving us advanced copies. I no, think it's I, the IG, latter. IG, no, IGN got an advanced copy of the game. Here's the thing about IGN. IGN is the biggest uh, review outlet in the world for games, for games media. And the thing about IGN is that in each of their respective countries, they have upwards of 30 different reviewers reviewing games year round. So the problem is, is that you never know who, if you never know who's reviewing your game, you never have a genuine equal standpoint from a, from a specific point of view about whether a game is good or not. You'll hear me talk about games and my voice will be consistent or at least try to be consistent when I talk about games because it's coming from my viewpoint. So you understand if I say a game is good or bad, you understand from my viewpoint whether I enjoyed it or not. Same with Jesse, same with Austin. With IGN, you never know who the fuck's viewpoint you're getting, so you you just don't you don't fucking know. You're playing the lottery. You're playing All the right. lottery, exactly. So before we pick and then give our final thoughts, this is interesting because this is like last year, but even more extreme in the sense of we have a lot of 8.0 to like 8.5, 9.0 games this year, but there's no clear standout. 
you know, like let's put it this way: whether you wanted God of War or uh, um, Red Dead Two to win, it was clearly between those two games. And while I have no interest in Red Dead Two, and I think God of War is overrated and having trouble getting through it, I see the brilliance of both games. I haven't played Death Stranding. I guess I thought sort of the pretentious supposed brilliance of Death Stranding would take it over the top. Austin, your theory that it's between Resident Evil 2 and Sekiro is interesting. I would love to see that because in both cases, it's it's honoring past games. It's not even a makeup award, but honoring Sekiro would be honoring the Soulsborne and honoring Resident Evil 2 would be honoring the legacy that Resident Evil has created. Let's be honest, games like Resistance and Dead Space and stuff, right? Like they would never exist without that. Um, and, and, and now l- let's be clear: <laughs> Quake and I mean Doom, but especially the early Quake games were actually the ones to do the sort of scary shooter first. But Resident Evil did take it to a new level with sort of the sort of more you know zombie apocalypse thing that 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 people like, and that and that's cool. I'm not into it personally. It's not that it I don't like mostly, scary games. Was- Tomb Raider can be horrifying, and I like playing Quake in in those types of games. I'm not so into the Resident Evil's aesthetic, but I get how uh, important it is. So considering Death Stranding's pretentious, I'm not going to play it. Control, I don't know. Super Smash Brothers should not be in best games. And Outer Worlds is derivative, even though I loved it. I am totally on board with Resident Evil or Sekiro. So from my point of view, this is where this stands. And I'll, 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 kick, off, I'll kick off the vote, the, the vote portion of this. Yeah, go. Um, uh... Unfortunately, uh, I'm screwing through all five or all six. Uh, Control's not going to win. Uh, Outer Worlds is not going to win, much to much chagrin. Um, I, I said it already. Sekiro is not going to win for the reasons I, I, I said. Uh, Outer Worlds. The reason why that's not going to win is because uh, while it was a good game, uh, that that is all it was. It is a good, out, outstanding game in an industry today that is full of terrible, like ridiculous monetization. Uh, and it just it says here is a great game that is the game that you want go have fun uh, but it is not an outstanding game by any any, any stretch of the means it's not, it's something we haven't seen before is really is really the point I'm pushing for oh uh, sorry um, Qu- sorry Ethan before you go on really quick interlude because we're not gonna have time for this independent games Baba is you is on the list which is Jason yep. Schreier's game of the year which will probably win because of the Schreier effect sorry go ahead. Uh, I think Goose Game is there too, though. So Goose Game. Will it, win. it is. Uh, it is. But yeah. But so Goose, Goose Game, Game will win. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, to be Resident Evil Two, while it, while it was the fan remake that everybody wanted, you know, t- to me that is not indicative of the fact that uh, it, it, it it was not revolutionary and therefore it cannot win among this list, right? To me, this comes down to Smash. And Death Stranding, mm. and I can't. I, I, th- th- there is no. T- I cannot decide which of these two is going to win. Uh, I voted. Smash is uh, Nintendo creatures they, fighting each other. It can't win Game of the Year. Jesse, it's, 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 Jesse, it's, 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 Jesse, Jesse, you're wrong though. Jesse, uh, Jesse, uh, Jesse, let me finish. Uh, I, I, I let you talk. Let me finish. I know. I'm just. Do you uh, even know anything about the story mode? Uh, yeah, exactly. Story okay, mode in fighting so, games. Give me a fucking break. <laughs> they it's do it really well. It's called Bloodborne Insecuro. It, 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 it's story mode. Play Sekiro. This is where you're wrong, because Smash has a history of having some of the best story modes in okay, fighting okay, games. Okay, fine, fine, fine. I thought we agreed. I thought we just agreed that it, 
that it should be Resident Evil or or Sekiro. Now we're going. Wait, that's uh, not no, to count it out. What? The, I, when did I? When did I? When did I input? I'm sorry. What? <laughs> what? When, when was my input accounted? I guess that was me and Austin. I said I, 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 I said yeah, that was you and Austin. I said I'd like it to be those two. I can't see it being those two. Mm-hmm. Okay. To finish my point, the reason why it's a tiebreaker, right? On 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 a on a on a on an objective level, to me, um, Death Stranding. As I mentioned earlier, the, the game of the year to me has got to fulfill three categories: artistic, innovative, gameplay. It's got it's, it's got to fill those three things. Both of these games fill two of those things, particularly, right? Smash to me fills the gameplay, and it fills um, it, it fills the art portion of those uh, those two games uh, of those two categories. Death Stranding fills the the artistic and the innovation but not the gameplay okay um so to to me both of these games are outstanding in those two categories much more than the others the other four but it but they don't each uh, death stranding has innovation where smash has gameplay so to me this is kind of just a pick them between the two and i've gone ahead and picked smash brothers because i haven't played death stranding so Really quick, some of my best predictions on my podcast when it comes to film and television are when I can be unbiased, so like not Star Wars or stuff like that. There is no way Death Stranding does not win this award. It's impossible. Uh, Kojima, they want to mm-hmm. give hardware to Kojima after everything he's done and everything he's been through. That's how politics work. It's how the Oscars work. That's why Moonlight won Best Film. Sorry, it was not a great film. It's why five year, uh, Ten Years a Slave, whatever the fuck it was, that one, you know, was just torture porn with Lupita Nyong'o. The best picture for... And I've seen all these movies the best picture for oscar is almost never actually the best picture it's usually a political award and i'm telling you everything kojima's gone through death stranding is going to get this award especially because it's going to be eventually available on other systems even though it's technically an exclusive partial exclusive for now there is no way smash gets it i i would love sekiro as an underdog they're not going to give a remake resident evil honestly guys this isn't you know, this isn't an emotional pick by me. I'm giving you my honest outsider opinion, having played none of these games, but following the industry and the directors and so forth. I think for sure Death Stranding is going to win. That is my final pick and my final thought. You guys go ahead. Um, so, been generally perceived by the people I've seen review Death Stranding. Their main gripe with it was it felt like a horror game walking simulator where you just deliver Amazon packages. And that's not that's to God say of that War. Th- that's exactly God of War. I, I mean, it, you, it's phrased differently, but God of War is a smashing, you know, impossible to die, smashing big monsters with pretty graphics and your little boy son walking simulator. Uh, so I, I don't think that's going to keep it from winning. Except, except here's the difference. Here's the difference. Okay, Death Stranding, where it is, it, it, it's it's a it's a, as an artistic direction, right? The main gameplay of Death Stranding is supposed to be this tr- this trek and this idea that every step counts, right? The, the the experiences that that God of War offered were totally different to so many people, and they were all positive. Whereas the Death Stranding experience left some people with a sour taste, confused with, with a confused taste, mm-hmm. and a uh, a surprised or you know 
satisfied taste. But at like, least there's diversity. Everyone's experience of God of War is exactly the same. No, it you is have not. Very no, it is yes, not. it is. No, I, I've no. played almost the entire... I'm 90% through the game. I'm telling you. There's not a lot of diversity in terms of gameplay yes. experience. I have, I have heard the stories of so many people where they said that they played... They played the game, whether they were the son or the father, and they played it with the vice versa, and it was a Bullshit. it was a heartwarming experience for them. Oh it, no, it's uh, absolutely it heartwarming storytelling. It, it's un, right. but it's heartwarming the way Life is Strange is. But everyone plays Life is Strange mostly the same way. That's what I'm saying. It's a brilliant storytelling and should win just for the storytelling. But unlike The Witcher, which has the storytelling and the amazing gameplay and open world scenario, God of War just has the beautiful graphics and great storytelling as opposed to diverse gameplay scenarios. Trust me, Ethan, you would be we could, we could so bored. No, you, Ethan, you would be so bored with God of War within five hours. I'm telling you, I you would be you so bored. I guarantee you I wouldn't. Well, if you would play a PlayStation exclusive literally fucking ever, then we could put this to the test. And I want my fucking Uncharted... <laughs> Disc back, Bloodborne, by Persona 5... By the way, I just replayed uh, Uncharted Lost Legacy. That game is a brilliant a narrative game. That is a game that should be a game of the year contender. That's storytelling right there. Anyway, getting, uh, Austin, do, 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 do you have more would you like to say before I continue with my point? Um, before, oh, wait, hold on. Really quickly, guys. One. Really quick. Austin, I'm gonna th- a, quick, a quick few uh, quick hits. Uh, before we wrap up, Austin. So you played Devil May Cry, uh, Kingdom Hearts, right? Mm-hmm. You not have you seen or heard Death Stranding? I've yeah, I've seen a little bit of Death Stranding. Okay, if you vote between it. music and score between those three games, would it be Kingdom Hearts? Um, I see. This this is where it gets weird because I'm just like I want um Devil May Cry. To win this, but I, I I also think that Kingdom Hearts really had a really good soundtrack, and they should win the the award. Okay, Ethan, quick hit strategy game: Age of Wonders, Total War, Three Kingdoms, Fire Emblem, Three Houses, New Tropico, War Groove. I think it's between Fire Emblem and War Groove. What would you pick of the strategy games that you know? Of? I voted for War Groove because mm-hmm. I be okay. So here's the thing. While Fire Emblem Three Houses was a good game overall, that's unfortunately all it was. I did not hear, you know, ridiculously over the top. Masterpiece. Wait, are you saying that Fire Emblem Awakening is the only good Fire Emblem game since the nineties? <laughs> that's not what I'm saying at all. Because it is. I'm saying I'm saying it's the best one since Sacred Stones. Get get your facts straight. Well, I okay. don't know since the nineties, uh, but in the modern generation, since Awakening, there's not been a good, great uh, fire. I like 2003. that. Two thousand three. Anyway, also blazing. Uh, That's the nineties in my book. Anyway, to, what I was trying to say uh, is, I also played Wargroove, and mm-hmm. uh, Wargroove was fantastic. And I think you uh-huh. know, Wargroove War, War was a love letter to fans uh, who loved that specific niche type of strategy game. Because yep. there hasn't been one since. Uh, so look, I, I look. I, I have I, it on Game Pass along with you know Minute, Oxen Free, and all these indie games I've been wanting to play. So again, Ethan, thank you for making me get cheap slash free Game Pass because I have all these indie and uh, Age of Empires Definitive Edition in 4K looks glorious. Oh my god, it looks amazing. So Microsoft can do things well. I take back everything I said. 
Uh, Ethan, another quick question. Family game. Should they not just call this the Nintendo category? Because every year it's literally just Nintendo games and family games. You mean the sponsored category? <laughs> no, it's, just <laughs> called, it's called family games. Luigi's Mansion, Super Mario Maker, Super Mario Smash Brothers, Yoshi's Crafted World. I mean, it's ridiculous. I wouldn't be surprised if Nintendo paid the Game Awards to have a family game section just so they could have all of their games and flicks. Yeah. <laughs> to be fair, okay, okay. To, to be fair, though, I don't think any of the other categories are exactly... Well, uh, Knack. Well, besides Knack, I don't think any of the other companies are really putting out kitty mm-hmm. games anymore, so... Okay, it's, uh, it's like this competition. Can, the, can I okay. mention something about uh, was it best score again? Yeah, um, yeah. C- Cadence of Hyrule has a yeah. slim Jeez. chance of winning too because of it's. A yes, really, I voted for that, and it was a really good game. So I think mm-hmm. that could also win too. Okay, uh, related, related, audio design, Modern Warfare, Control, Death Stranding, Gears Five, Resident Evil, Sekiro. I, I don't know enough. I feel like it would be Sekiro or Death Stranding with audio design, or maybe Modern Warfare. What do you guys think? No. Yeah, Modern it, Warfare's it, it, audio design was trash because they couldn't fix footsteps. Uh, uh, that's the see. worst. Tomb Raider has that problem <laughs> too. Yeah. Um, but I'd say I'd, I'd give best audio to Resident Evil because immersion. I would uh, I would concur. The the immersion was it's important for that type of game, and that game pulled it off. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, all I will say, I know we don't like to talk about mobile games, uh, but I have downloaded games. and heard that Sky Children of the Light is spectacular on mobile. I have not played it yet. I got it uh, recently. Sky Colon Children of the Light is supposed to be amazing. I've not heard of any of these other I've, games. I've only played COD Mobile. It's just all the Call of Duty, like good Call of Duty maps uh, multiplayer on mobile. It runs amazing. Um, that's actually a really good game, and I wouldn't be surprised if that won. In terms of esports, I do want to say a rest in peace. I hate having to do this every fucking year that some brilliant, uh, famous esports person like Total Biscuit in this past year, Jeff in Control Robinson, a 33 year old brilliant StarCraft player and, and, and uh, uh, Shoutcaster, died of a blood clot. Um, <laughs> I, I'm not sure why all of these. I know Total Biscuits was a little overweight, but he died of cancer. Uh, Jeff Robinson was a really good-looking guy who died of a blood clot. Maybe they're sitting around too much or something. I don't understand why all of these young guys who are clearly not using drugs are dying. It's really sad. <clears throat> and I just want to give a rest in peace to In Control because he was he was one of my faves, and uh, it <clears throat> they almost okay. shut down the um. <laughs> They finally almost shut down the co-optional podcast because Total Biscuit died, and then they almost shut it down. And then In Control was like one of Total Biscuit's best friends, and then he died. And they're like, oh, my God, keep going. But you got Jesse Cox and Dodger. You got to keep going. Um, so rest in peace to him <clears throat> is my only esports comment. So anything else before we close up here? Uh, I'd say that of, of, of the last few years... Right. While this is better than 2015, 2016 for sure, mm, mm-hmm. right? As far as games are concerned. Yeah. Uh, what sucks is, is that of all the games on this list, I still can't get 2017 out of my head because, like, 2017 the best. felt it like. It is the best. It, it, it was just so good. It was just the, so good. And yeah. what was crazy about 2017 <clears throat> was any of those games could have feasibly won. I mean, uh, th- yeah. 
this is Tw- this is yeah. this is my story, Ethan, which I started before. In twenty eighteen, last year too. Last year was great. I got Jedi Fallen Order, and I'm playing a few hours of it. I'm like, this is great. I love Star Wars, but then I'm in a ship, and I don't really have a lot of planets, and I can't really do anything in the ship, and I can't get through God of War, and so I immediately download Mass Effect Andromeda on my PC for like five dollars in Ultra HD, and drop like sixty hours on it before going back to any of these other games. Again, the 2017 game. You know, I've played the, I mean, I guess Witcher's early, but, like, I've gone through Horizon twice a ton, you know, like, all those games, like, again, I played Zelda a ton when you lend me your your Switch, and whenever I get a Switch, I'm going to go back to that as well. Um, I would love to play Nier Automata, actually, is a game that's been on my list, even though I don't know. it's It's on sale. So. Yeah, so, so it's, you know, and I know I knock Persona, but if I could get Persona on Switch, that would be a game I would play the shit out of. You and me both. Yeah. So I agree with you. 2017 is the year, and they have to, with the launch in 2020 next year, blow people's faces off. Oh, hell yeah. We got oh, so yeah. much good stuff to oh, come. Yeah. It's got to be Horizon 2. It's got to be Horizon 2. Horizon mm-hmm. 2 must be the launch title of the PlayStation. I-, I know that. That's all I know. I'm pretty it's sure it's going to happen, and it's going to be glorious. Other than that, I don't know what PlayStation's got. I don't know what Microsoft's got. If, well, Horizon, 2, if Horizon 2 launches next year... I'm going to be severely concerned about the content for that game. Well, we got the state of play. Not for, really, uh, because the, the the jump in quality from spring of 2017 with the game to the Frozen Wilds DLC in November of that year was like almost a 1.5 update in how much better it was. It played like Tomb right. Raider in the update as opposed to the original game where you couldn't jump or climb anywhere. The puzzles right, were better. The camera right. angles were better. The, the dialogue and lips looked better. I mean, the improvements were amazing. And now Kojima's improved on the engine, and so they're passing it back and forth at Sony at this point. I disagree with you. I think it's going to look Je- great. Je- Jesse, Je- Jesse, that that wasn't that wasn't what I was saying. How long how long did it take for Horizon to be made? A while. Right. How long? I didn't ask you a while. I said how long? Exact number of years. But they built the engine from scratch, which that's they were not, not going to do for that, the second that's one. That's not what I'm asking. 5 years. 5 not years. What I'm asking. 5 years. Okay. So if it takes you five, let's give them the benefit of the doubt and give them, let's say it took them a year to get the engine done. All right. So you take 2017, you add another six months onto that time because they needed to make that DLC. Let's say half the studio is working on that. Right. Let's give them the benefit of the doubt. Uh, it's going to be at least three and a half years. Before Your math is terrible. It. Your math is terrible. No, I'm not. Five not. years for a brand new game and brand new engine, especially when they had to rejigger stuff and bring John Gonzalez in and semi-start from scratch as part of that five years, which they're not going to have to do this time. They've got an improved engine from the DLC and then Death Stranding. I'm telling you, they can easily easily okay maybe it's not a day of launch title but early 2021 like before uh you know april you know financial year or whatever 2021 like early 2021 is so in reach four years for a new horizon game with not a brand new engine ethan you know that's true it's coming no sooner than quarter 2021 quarter two 2021 Okay, I'm saying quarter four 2020 or quarter uh, one 2021, which we're not that far off. We're just so mad. So, so by 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 May 2021. 
I'm just looking for an alternative. I'm looking for a, a PlayStation exclusive that's not Uncharted or Last of Us that would really get people excited about the new system. And, yeah, and, and, and Horizon so, so, so still we, looks the so best. Of, of any game other than Bloodborne or God of War, Horizon still looks the best of the PlayStation exclusives by far. We're in agreement. Sony has a lot of work cut out for them, which yeah. is why I'm, I'm like, you know... Come Including on, improving their controller, by the way. The more I use the Xbox controller, the more I'm like... Man, the PlayStation controller just feels weird. <laughs> yeah, supposedly we got some leaked images of the controller. Actually, it looks it's like it's the DualShock Four, but slightly bigger. Well, remember when I was at the point where I was saying I preferred the Xbox controller for shooters, but I preferred the PlayStation for third-person adventure games and RPGs. I'm after Tomb Raider. After 50 hours of Rise and Shadow of the Tomb Raider, I'm way past that point. The Xbox controller is way better for Tomb Raider. I can't even imagine. Do- playing hard mode on some of these tombs on the PlayStation controller, let alone the PlayStation. I'm just saying the PlayStation controller, the quality of build for $40, the quality of build of the Xbox controller, and I do have to plug it in on my PC because it gets weird if I don't, but I don't really care. The quality of the build of the Xbox controller at $40 versus 60 for the shitty PlayStation controller, I don't know how they get away with it. They need to improve it and make it cheaper, honestly. Yeah, uh, who knows? You guys are shocked. I'm dissing Sony a bit hardcore. You don't even know what to say. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, there's not, there's not much to say. Okay. Which is like, All right. You know, All right. So here we go. There's not a ton of info. We're not going to do big final thoughts. So we're just going to oh. go around the horn. We're going to say, and guys, by the way, in this question, it does not have to be on the list in terms of what you want. So what do you want to be game of the year? It doesn't have to be on the list. And, but from the list, what do you think? Should be game of the year. I th- me, I think Death Stranding will be game of the year in terms of games I've played, Outer Worlds, or just the franchise Sekiro. So my my preference would be Outer Worlds or Sekiro. I think Death Stranding will win. Ethan, you go. If I had to pre- choose a game to be game of the year from any game, it could be Goose Simulator. It 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 obviously has to go to Super Mario Bros. Two. Okay. Um. <laughs> Which, got that joke. which was a totally uh, different game, man. Which nobody knows the story about this. They imported a game that wasn't Super Mario Brothers. Yeah. Uh, uh, I found it quite relaxing, actually. I found it very soothing. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You weren't trying to get coins and jump on things. You were just exploring. It was sort of like an open world Mario game, right, Austin? Back in the day, it was sort of like an open world Mario game. Pretty much. Yeah. Selectable characters. Yeah. Go around. <laughs> yeah, you could play Princess Peach. You could play Toad. Toad. Yeah. You know I love Luigi. Oh, I want to play Luigi's Mansion on the Switch so bad. Uh. Um, I'm going to go with, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with Goose Game for Game of the Year. And your preference. pick for actual uh, Game of the Year? My pick for actual Game of the Year uh, is a tie between Smash Bros. and Death Stranding. Okay. Awesome. Your, your personal choice of what you would want. My game of the year is Devil May Cry 5. And uh, your pick of what's going to win? Resident Evil 2. Okay, Ethan, you have to pick one so we have it on the record. I I, I, I cannot pick one among the two because they both do... Just like an inch. Just like an inch past the finish line. I don't have one. 
Austin, can we allow this? This seems like hedge. Like the the definition of hedging is what Ethan is doing right now. I mean, if, if, Ethan's if I, torn basically. If, if, if I can't be torn, I'm gonna abstain. Yeah. Ethan's, Ethan doesn't Ethan's, want to be completely wrong. He'd rather be fifty percent wrong and fifty no, percent right. It's something about wrong. I I'd rather be wrong than right. Here's the thing. As far as what I can tell from these two games, Smash end up stranding among the other contestants. They both do things that better than the other than the other four. That's not what I'm asking. I'm asking the politics of the people who are voting. What are they going to vote for? They're going to... Sorry. That that, that question is just... T- totally off. I, I, thought, right. I thought you were asking. So on the record, I Ethan is hedging were... and not picking. I have Death Stranding and Austin has Resident Evil. I need you to clarify. Please don't accuse me of things. I need you to clarify. So I, I don't need to clarify. I'm asking you for a pick of what's going to win Game of the Year. I don't think that needs clarification. And I and I, and I said it's a it's 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 a pick em between Smash and Death Stranding. That's what I said. So. What was your pick again, Austin? For game of the year that's going to win? Yeah. Resident Evil 2. You think Resident Evil 2 is going to win? Mm-hmm. Okay, so officially Resident Evil 2 has one vote. Death Stranding has 1.5 between me and Ethan, and Smash has 0.5 with Ethan, which is such sure. bullshit. That's but fun. because it's a video game podcast and I don't give a fuck, I'm going to let it slide, and I love you. So I'll, I'll let it slide, even though... Like, if I ask you what's going to be the best of all the new Star Wars movies, you probably pick three out of the five. <laughs> Let's put it this way. I will take no credit if Death Stranding wins. Cool? Austin, what's going to be the best of the five new Star Wars movies? Uh, mm, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> kind of put me on the spot here. Just uh, say Last Jedi. If you love Last Jedi, as good as Rise of Skywalker is going to be, there's no way it's going to be Last Jedi. That's I'm, that's me with Rogue One. I cannot wait for Rise of Skywalker, but there's no way it's going to be Rogue One for me. Rise of Skywalker is second coming of Clone Wars. <laughs> well, I've been Whoa. predicting Ahsoka in that movie literally for a year and a half, and my Star Wars contributors have laughed me off the podcast about this. But guess what? I'm the guy who predicted Ahsoka would discover time travel, and it happened in Rebels. Uh, so I've been right about her before, and so I'm still sticking with the Ahsoka prediction, and so I'm not disagreeing with you. Okay. Final thoughts. Austin, go ahead. Video Game Year 2019. Any final thoughts? Um, I do wish that, you know, I played more of the games that were nominated this year. Yep, me too. Um, I want to play Sekiro, I, especially because I know I can't play Neo. I can <laughs> maybe try Sekiro. Sekiro, it, it's an experience. Yep. I've played a little bit. Suck. I love I the aesthetic it. of it, too. I talked to Ethan about how I can't get through the Dark Souls games, not just because I suck. I just don't really love the aesthetic. Bloodborne's a little more up my alley. Sekiro's definitely up my alley, aesthetic-wise. Um, Devil May Cry should have been nominated for Game yep. of the Year. Uh, that's all I say. Yep. Yep. That's it. Yeah, yep. that, 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 that is without a doubt the biggest mess blunder. Well, hopefully uh, that'll be in the People's Choices Awards for various things, you know? Watching surprise wins, <laughs> they just didn't put it up. Yep. Wow. 
Ethan, I have one final question for you guys about next year, but Ethan, final thoughts about this year. Uh, this year was another great year for gaming. It's it, it's the end of a console generation, um, and this is it, this is kind of how it goes. Is you know the pendulum isn't one way or the other. It's kind of just in the middle of everybody just giving it their all yep. to finish out uh, the generation. Yep. And uh, I'm glad it's not 2016. Final question. Of the last games of this generation, next year, before the new systems. A, Cyberpunk. B, Last of Us 2. C, Other. Austin. Austin, you there? I think he's thinking. Do we lose him at the end? Okay, Ethan, you go. Uh, off the top of my head, Cyberpunk, for sure. Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, we don't know a ton about next year. Uh, that's what makes it so hard. But what we do know is that Cyberpunk is coming out. Uh, I think your answer is going to be left Last of Us Two. So it, it, it is only because, again, as I told Austin, so earlier we were discussing online. I guess you were part of the conversation. You weren't contributing. Austin was saying, "Why is this taking so long?" I said, "I think it's because of the exact reasons Horizon took extra long, which was a they brought in John Gonzalez late to rewrite the whole thing, and b they ended up making it much. They're very open with, at her, at Gorilla that they wanted Horizon to be a semi open world game, but they realized with what they were doing and John Gonzalez's writing, they had to do a fully open world game, and that's part of what, what the delay uh, with that game was. Ethan, actually, not the engine, uh, but making it more open world and expanding the writing. They've been open that Last of Us 2 was always going to be more open world, but I think they're going to really you know, go further with that and maybe even redefine what that means in terms of the open world. Again, looking at a game like Disco Elysium uh, and redefining what our expectations are for sort of action RPGs or whatever. Um, but the story has to be even better you know, than Life is Strange and Last of Us 1. Uh, and if the but if the story is all time great and the gameplay is awesome, um, I think Cyberpunk Project Red is maybe biting off more than they can chew. And this is based on me reading all of the Witcher books twice and how much lore and material they had at their fingertips without having to literally do anything with the Witcher and trying to create Cyberpunk from scratch. I don't think Keanu Reeves and calling it Cyberpunk is enough. I think it will be great. I think it will be better than Death Stranding, or received better than Death Stranding. I don't know about Red Dead Redemption, um, but I think this notion of having five solutions to everything in a cyberpunk universe they're creating from scratch is more than they can chew, whereas Last of Us is building upon characters in a narrative we already have and many people love. So yes, my personal pick, but also my pick for Game of the Year based on what we know from this generation is The Last of Us 2. Austin. My pick is Cyberpunk. Yep. Because, um... Which I am pumped for, by the way. Yeah. I truly think that, um... What they're gonna do with the game, you know, like, technology-wise and storage-driven, uh... uh, It's gonna be, like, different. And, you know, we we have shooter games um, that have, like... We we have an idea, but this is gonna be an expansive one where um, this is, uh, you know, yeah, there's it's not traditional in the sense. Right. Try something when, you know, learn how to live with certain things, and it, it's gonna be, 
Like in principle, it should easily be game of the year. My point is, if you take the uh, Andrei Sapkowski's Witcher lore material out of the Witcher and try and create the Witcher three from scratch with a whole new world building that's not based on decades of unbelievable fantasy writing that's on the level of Tolkien and Rowling and so forth. That's a that's a giant task, especially in a sci-fi cyberpunk environment. I am a reader of cyberpunk. I love William Gibson, Neil Stevenson, and so forth. Yeah. I'm concerned just that it's called cyberpunk is kind of a cop-out, um, to be honest with you. Uh, but, uh, but I, I, I think the game is going to be great because they're striving for a thousand percent and they might hit like 673%, you know? Um, yeah. But I, it's going to be flawed. It's going to be buggy. Uh, I'm telling you right now, it is going to be buggy on, on release for sure. Uh, it's going to be uneven between the different systems. Um, and I'm not sure if Keanu Reeves is your lead. No offense to Keanu. I don't know if the voice talent is going to be spectacular across the board. Again, part of the reason Last of Us is being delayed is because uh, Ashley Johnson and Troy Baker, along with a cast of amazing voice actors, are recording over and over and more and more and more. Um, I'm happy or they pushed back they found Cyberpunk. Fatal flaw with the game. Right, like right. That, you know? Yeah, I, I think both games have clear uh, paths to being the best, and both games have clear paths to having fatal flaws. But I yeah. look, I think we can say this, Ethan and Austin, if things go well, we at least hopefully have two games that are 9s out of 10s or 9.5s out of 10s that are worthy to be at the top, whereas clearly this year we're having trouble uh, picking at the top. Yeah. Here's I, what I, like. I hope. I hope... I just got one more thing to say about Cyberpunk. Yes, um, back when uh, it was like announced in 2013, the development didn't really start until 2015, around the time of The Witcher. Mm. So I do think remnants of when it was started back then will be, you know, the elements from The Witcher that they put in The Witcher, right. you know, they're going to share that with Cyberpunk. And that's what's going to really accelerate, like, the reviews of the game because people are going to be, you know, well received of it because it'll be similar but you know in a new type of genre in a new setting so and that's my big question about last of us is if death stranding was able to take horizon engine 1.5 from frozen uh wilds and and do great things with that death stranding with kojima i'm curious to see what they do with the last of us 2 engine i don't know enough about the innards and (laughs) clearly they're even more secretive than project red about what's going on so god knows um so that's a big question i do know being a playstation exclusive and how much time they've taken in being naughty dog which never has technical problems for the most part on launch of their games and how much time they're taking the one advantage is i don't think last of us is going to have bugs and technical problems it doesn't mean it's going to look amazing or act amazing, but I, I'm a little concerned on being on all systems. And with, let's be honest, the release of Witcher 3, people forget there was problems. There are still problems with the DLC. Trust me, there are. Um, and even the main game, I, I've been running through doing content for my channel, going to like really hidden like elven tombs and uh, places of power, and some of them don't exist. They show you on the map that it exists, and 
I use every spell and every weapon and everything. And trust me, I know the hidden tombs thing from Tomb Raider. It's just not there. Um, those aren't big deals, and those aren't game breaking. So hopefully, the the bugs, if they exist with, with Cyberpunk, are minor. I'm obviously rooting for it. I love CD Projekt Red. Just to quickly answer your question about or your statement about the uh, engine thing. Yes, sir. It wildly, wildly varies from yep. game to game, studio to studio. Mm-hmm. So, uh, uh, one developer asking another developer to use their engine is uh, totally subjective to the situation and to the development cycle. Uh, oh yeah, so I just it, think it, that it, I, I it, just it, for, it, my, yeah. my 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 point overall is just you know that example has nothing to do with whether or not the engine is going to be effective or not for Last of Us Two. That's my only point. I know. I, I was separating between those issues as well. I was just trying to make a okay. a, a relative comparison. I, I just was, as a, a you know Horizon diehard, was flattered by uh, on behalf of them that Kojima loved the game so much to the point where he wanted to use the engine. But specifically, Ethan, and this was my prediction: if Kojima could make the engine work for him um, in a couple years after Horizon and develop it, then it feels like to me it's a it's an elastic enough engine for them in a couple more years to turn it around with Horizon 2. That was my point. Um, but you know way more about computer science than me, and so I don't want to have this argument because I will inevitably lose. It, it, it's not an argument. I'm not just trying to... It, so my, to, to, answer, to, to, to answer what you're, you're asking about and thinking about... This is your final thought, the, by the, the way, because we is, gotta go. Yeah. Okay. The, the, the answer to it is what 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 companies do and what developers do is they they rip out parts of engines because they don't want to keep developing new engines. Uh, this is what Call of, Duty do, Call of Duty does every year. They rip out parts of it and then they staple in more advanced versions that were never meant to be used with that engine in the first place. Okay. So that they can get advanced. We'll have to save that for our video game engine podcast, which no one will listen to, but I will enjoy. So, thank you guys so much. Uh, that was great, other than Ethan hedging on Game of the Year, which was extremely disappointing, and I'm going to go to bed upset about, but whatever. I guess I'll just have to live with it. Um, Austin, thank you so much for being on, my dude, and uh, we'll uh, hopefully reconvene with you um, after we get the, the Game of the Year uh, awards. Mm-hmm. Yep. See well, you're yeah. starting to cut out, but it took two and a half hours, so I'm thrilled. We got through two and a half hours before that happened. So welcome, my friend. And Eth, definitely, we got to get you back on, obviously, after the uh, the winners. Let's see. Let's see. Yeah. Especially, yeah. especially if we are way wrong. Um, not, not just way wrong in our choices, but even if we get some choices right by accident, but for the wrong reasons. You know what I mean, guys? <laughs> like, that would be interesting, too. Yeah. So, all right. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Bizzlecast listeners. Thank you, fans of the Awkward Controllers. This was great. I wanted a super epic podcast for this with my dream team, and I got it. Thank you, Austin. Thank you, Ethan. You guys can check Uh these guys out in the copy on the Twitch um, with a little bit of streaming, maybe a little bit of Twitter. We'll see what they want to put put there, but you can check it out in the copy and check me out as well. Really appreciate you guys being on. Enjoy the Game Awards, guys. It's going to be horribly awkward and uncomfortable as all award shows are and that's um, how it shouldn't be but hopefully they get some yeah hopefully they get some of the choices right and hopefully this year they don't have an awkward kojima moment right um uh (laughs) 
where they have to. It's okay. Jeff Jeff Feely loves Kojima. Right? right. Yeah. Jeff. That's why I think that was my whole point. I forgot his name. They're gonna give Kojima Death Stranding just to complete the circle from that whole disaster or whatever. I mean, so. he's the one who brought up. So I think he gets say in yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks, boy. Or they're just going to give it to Smash and then yeah. just give out Smash since they announced it last year. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, yeah. Well, the 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 final um uh uh, uh thing uh, is just I need a Switch. So I, I know how I'm going to make that happen, but somehow I have to get a Switch in the next year. So we'll find a way to make that happen. So thank you, boys. Thank you, listeners. Tune in. We got tons of Witcher coverage coming up and definitely Star Wars stuff. And I don't know about the new year, um, but definitely video games stuff. Oh, oh really quick. Eth- uh, um, uh, 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 Cyberpunk is April. I don't. Uh, Last of Us still doesn't have a date, March. I think. March. March. March and Last of Us still doesn't have a date, so we'll have to say. Yeah. Last of Us is May. Oh, it's May? It's okay. All right, so hopefully we'll have some betas, pre-testing stuff to talk about, screenshots at least, something coming up in the new year. So thank you guys, and uh, if, if we don't get a chance to talk to y'all out there, have an amazing holidays and a wonderful new year. Um, for now, may the force be with you, and the Awkward Controllers and the Bizzlecast are out. <laughs> Ha <laughs> ha